0: Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Blank Jack with Griffin and David. Don't
1: know what to say or to expect. All you need to
2: know is that the name of the show is Blank Jack. There's a clue to another treasure. How's your thirst for podcast, Captain? Unquenchable, Tintin. Fuck, that's a bad, what Captain?
3: Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, let's keep going, that was good, let's keep going. Oh, Welcome God. everybody <laughs> to Blank Check, I'm David Sims. I'm
2: Griffin Newman. He's so upset, guys, this is great. That was our second take and I still <laughs> fucked it up. What? Podcast captain. How's your thirst for podcast captain?
3: I thought you were going to say uh, podcasting, you know, it might, might it might have tripped off the tongue a little easier.
4: Yeah, well... I mean, you're, you're not
2: letting me legally do a third takes. so. I think that was good. What do you think? What do you think, guest I think it was. Uh, I think it was pretty good. I didn't, uh, you sold it. Yeah. David's trying to initiate the thing where we have the guest talk before we introduce them. my favorite them. thing. Uh, so feel free to continue saying whatever you want, uh, a name, guest for the next five minutes before we
4: introduce you. Mm. Not a problem. I'll, uh, I, got a, I got a whole bit prepared. Amazing. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. There's no bits. Oh, right. Sorry. This is a no bits podcast. This is, after all, blank check. With Griffin and David.
2: That is correct. It is blank check with Griffin and David. We yep. are hashtag the two friends. True. It's a podcast about directors, mm-hmm. filmographies, bits. people who have massive <laughs> no you tried to <laughs> slip one by me. I did. I'm sorry. This is a no bits podcast. Uh-huh. But it's
3: about people who have massive success. Early on mm-hmm. in their
2: career, and they are given a series of blank checks mm. from Hollywood. Sometimes an unending series of blank checks. Sometimes. Sometimes those checks clear. Yeah. They're fine. They go and they deposit the checks. They try to cash them out. It and works that's fine yeah. everywhere. Everything's fine, mm-hmm. but sometimes uh, they bounce, baby. There you go. Um, and uh, we do miniseries on different directors, going through their filmographies, one film at a time. And we are currently on the films of Steven Spielberg, the DreamWorks years. Yeah, although at this point, isn't DreamWorks kind of in the tank? I guess not. Yeah, I guess we should, like, address... We've been doing this uh, mini-series so out of order that we haven't really been talking about the chronology of DreamWorks, but this... Yes, let's... It's,
3: it's, it's now. These are the first movies where DreamWorks is, is not even a logo anymore.
2: It starts dissolving in a major way. But let's, let's just say... After This after is a cast. Of course. That's what it's called. And the film we're talking about today is his 2011... <clears throat> masterpiece. Mm. The Adventures of Tintin... Subtitled in certain markets, The Secret of the Unicorn. Yes. But in America, just the adventures of Tintin. Right. Yeah. Um, because people were like, Secret Unicorn. What? Um We're Drink. very anti secrets. We're okay. very anti secrets. As Americans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're a very open podcast. Yeah. For example, I just found
3: out Ben has a cat. A cat named Pig. It's <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Miss Piggy. Oh, that's the full well, name? Wait, wait a second. <laughs> Which one is it?
1: Well, formally pig, but she's she's a lady cat, so I call her Miss Piggy Wait, sometimes.
2: formally it's Piggy? It's For- like her
1: formal name.
2: Oh, oh, oh. Formally. But casually, I, I thought you said formerly.
1: But casually I call her Miss
3: Piggy. How are we doing, guys? Good. I just Good. read a press release about Will and Grace coming back to NBC while you were doing that. Is Is it happening Thank or not? It's happening. Oh ten episodes.
4: Ten episodes, that's all? How can they How can they contain the greatness to ten? I don't know, man. It's a mini-series. It's a limited uh, event series. Yeah, it's like the
3: young Pope. <laughs> <laughs> But but Will and Grace, great. No one else. None of them have anything to do right now. Hey, even Megan Mullally kind of taking it easy.
2: How do you think people are going to feel about the Young Pope by the time we're recording this episode? No one will be talking about it. three days be after forgotten. the Young Pope Right, three yes. days after premiering. Yes, yes.
4: Three or four days. Yeah. How many episodes of the Young Pope? And should I? Ten, I ten? believe. Yeah. Okay, so it'll be you know it just started. It'll be like mid March. Done, yeah, done done March, early April.
2: Bow wrapped. Hey, you know people uh you know who people won't be forgetting mid March? Who? Producer Ben. That's true. AK the Ben Deucer, mm. aka Purdue Ben, aka the Poet Laureate, aka the Haas, aka Mr. Positive, aka Mr. Positive. A.K. the Fart Detective, mm. A.K. the Meat Lover, aka close personal friend of Dan Lewis, he is the peeper, he is not Professor Crispy, he is the fuck master. is White Hot Benny, he's dirt Bike <laughs> Benny. Jesus Christ. Soak and wet Benny. Ugh.
1: Yeah, and he's a poet. He's a poet. finest film critic. Yeah. He's
2: graduated certain titles over the course of different mm-hmm. miniseries, such as Kala Ben, producer Ben Kenobe, Ben Say, Ben Night Shyamalan, Say Benny Thang, and Ailey Benz with a dollar sign at the end y- of it. You always hit
3: <laughs> Kenobi weird. Kenobe. Bay, you always yeah. say. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, almost all of those nicknames are enshrined on buttons that were just presented to us.
2: And those buttons came courtesy of our very special guest today.
3: Mm-hmm. Hey. Um, but we'll
2: talk about those buttons in the merchandise spotlight. Uh huh. Save it for the end of the episode.
4: Keep people on the hook
2: until the end.
4: Now you have something to look forward to at the very end. Our guest. Yes?
2: You know him. He's written for The Onion and Adult Swim. True. Sure. But if you're a hardcore blankie, mm-hmm. if you're covering the extended universe, got your eyes all over the place, you know him as an important figure in the blankie mythology. Yeah. Because he has launched for months... Perhaps even years now. It's it's. I think it's getting. It's about a year. I think slow rumbling campaign, it, wh- which has then turned into the loudest, most aggressive campaign <laughs> I have ever seen anyone have for anything. His name on Twitter is blank check guest question,
4: question mark? mark, which I'm changing to exclamation point after hey! I get with go. this. Uh, the great Joe
2: Garden is here today. Hey everybody, thanks.
4: Thanks for being here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Um, I just would like to point out that the only reason I started my aggressive uh, campaign was because. Uh, early on, you said, uh, I think it was you, David, said, well, now we've had everybody from our trivia team mm. on the, on the that show. That is true. Mm. That is true. However, I was an alternate on the team yes. twice, and uh, that set my blood to boiling. And wow. uh, Sure. And then, so it was just that. You just said,
3: have we had everyone? We've had everyone.
2: Ramona's been on the Avatar episode. We haven't had like-
4: We haven't had a comment
2: on-
3: uh, no, doesn't he live in, like, Bulgaria now or something? No, he lives in He's back. We, He's should, back. we should
2: maybe get him on, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, um, we haven't had, like, Molly or, Sophie, you know, like, our friends who sure. are, are not in the uh, entertainment or media industries. Sure, sure. Um, and
2: including alternates, there may be a few. Bridey hasn't been on. Sure. We'll have Bridie on someday, I'm sure. She lives in L.A. Like, Morgan Evans's girlfriend was on a team. That's true. And also, they're no longer dating. <laughs> <Whoa>. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, <I laughs> was, yep, yeah. uh, boy.
3: Uh, someone I was once dating uh, very briefly was on the trivia team, but you weren't there. Oh no, but you were there another time. You know what? Let's stop talking about this. <laughs> hey now.
4: <laughs> wow, the trivia team is just a just a literally bad romance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, there was a lot going on on the trivia team,
2: you know. Yeah. It was- oh, hey, you know what? This could be really late by the time this episode comes out, but I'll say this now that we're on a uh, uh, topic. What? what is? This I want to. I want to wish a uh, congratulations to uh, former guest and trivia team member Rachel Lang. Mm-hmm. Oh, she who, got who married. Just got married to Alex Pitts. Yeah. In January.
3: <laughs> That's right. And uh, they were both with us at Tarook The first. Flight. They both appeared in our Taruk episode. Uh, yeah. And now they are wed.
2: Now they are wed. It's unfortunately they couldn't get wed at <laughs> Taruk the first flight. But it yeah. is unfortunate. But, uh, and it's unfortunate that our congratulations have to come five months late. Well, this is the thing: we're
3: recording split like in a couple days, and like yeah. we could do some of the timely stuff then. Yeah, because that actually posts next week. Yeah. Anyway, the Adventures of Tintin.
4: The Adventures of Tintin. The Adventures of Tintin. Do you like this movie, Joe? Uh I have a lot of thoughts about it, and okay. I'm not sure if I, I, I'm I'm just ready to talk about it because I'm not sure that I love it. I'm not okay. I don't dislike it. It just seems like a it's a weird movie to me. Sure. Um,
3: it is a weird movie.
4: It is certainly a weird movie. Let's it's a movie, I watched
3: this with Joanna, it's a movie that she said doesn't know its audience, which I think is fair. It's an odd movie. But then I, so I'm a Tintin obsessive. Okay. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah, big fan, one. absolutely. Uh, I grew up with those books. Same here. Uh, like my dad gave them to me, and like so. and I was thinking about it, like I read them obsessively from a very young mm. age, and yeah, no, I mean, like people died in them. It's probably the first things I've read where people died. People are waving guns at each other and, like... Tintin shoots and he's only 14. Yeah, all kinds of dark themes. And then you're watching the movie and you're like, well, no, this is very faithful to the books. Right. But, yes, maybe understand that a child in 2011 is not going to want to watch the adventures of a cub reporter who... You know, busts like drug runners and
2: <laughs> lives alone in an apartment with his dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like befriends
3: a middle-aged alcoholic. And
2: <laughs> Tintin's weird. You know, like, helps
3: him inherit a not a stately
2: home, but a nice. It's place. a stately home. It's a
4: manor. Sure, yeah. it's a manor.
2: I mean, t- it's not a mansion. Tintin right. is weird tonally, and it also gets in that territory right. of like, wait, why are Doc Brown and Marty McFly friends? Yeah, that's true. You that's know? true. Like, it that's gets true. into that territory, which I think more often happens with. Uh, cartoons and, like, children's books where, like, whoever's writing them will just be like, what are some interesting characters? You put them together and you don't feel the need to explain why they're friends with each other.
3: Well, right, and especially I mean, we know in the books Tintin, it's like, initially it's just, like, Tintin, he's a boy reporter he goes on adventures to, like, other countries. His beloved dog, Snowy. He has a beloved dog who helps out. Milu. Milu. A.K.A. I mean, what? Milu Ben. (laughs) A.K.A. And then, like, after about six or seven books, you know, Hergé writes this Haddock character, and he's like, this guy is kind of like the extroverted id. You know, like, this is good. He's a nice balance to Tintin. I'll just keep him around. And, yeah, like, why would they be friends? I don't know.
2: And it's sort of the crew development. I mean, you have Professor Calculus, who's not in the movie. No. And you have uh, the The Thompson and Thompson. Yes. yes. Who are,
4: but they're not used as well as they could be.
2: No, I I mean, this... The movie
3: is trying, I think, to... Hit a lot of the touchstones, yes, without yeah, you know, without like you know weaving, weaving them all in seamlessly, you know it's yeah. just, some of the stuff is just like, well, we gotta you know yes. lo- they, they were wise not to use calculus this is a hundred percent and know, this that's is, someone you yes. bring in later.
2: yes, this is a hundred percent like a Tintin and haddock movie that's right. what this is It's like a Tintin haddock, basically origin story, yeah
3: it's an it's a it's a perfectly I think it's a good movie, I think it's a yeah. great movie, I don't know if I'd say it's a masterpiece, but I think it's a very good movie. And I think it is a very nice starter to a franchise that does not exist. You know, I'd love to see the next two Well, movies.
2: and one could argue a corrective to a franchise like, already. You mean Indiana Jones? uh we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Fair but let me, Let's do a little housekeeping on DreamWorks because you raised a good point here, which is that we haven't been talking about this because we've been recording out of order. DreamWorks found it as a full deal. It's a... It's a proper studio. It's a studio. They have their They're own major. distribution arm. They have their own fucking, like, lot. You know, like, all that fucking shit. And over time, uh, DreamWorks becomes kind of unwieldy, right? Yes. Um, the most profitable division is their animation department. Yes. Which, after, like, Shrek like, blows through the roof, and then they have like a run of big hits, they spin DreamWorks Animation off into becoming its own studio. They do. It is its own entity, its own, like, individually traded stock, you know? Yeah. DreamWorks' last movie is Just Like
3: Heaven in 2005. Uh, That is the last— Everyone remembers Just Like Heaven. Joe's making a
4: Vaguely, I don't remember— Reese
3: Witherspoon's in a
4: coma— Yes, because this was. A, she's not actually dead. Not to
3: talk this about film This, this was a film trivia trick question. Where she, where they were like, is she a ghost or not? And we were like, yeah, she's a ghost. And they were like, well, no, she's. Well, she's not in dead. a coma. She's ah. in a coma,
2: but then she becomes a ghost and she starts dating Mark Ruffalo. She's in a coma, but she's haunting her old
3: apartment, and which Mark, Mark Ruffalo has moved, moved into. into. They fall in love, and then he realizes she's in a coma and wakes her up.
2: So it's sort of like <laughs> Beetlejuice, if Beetlejuice was just in a coma and if Beetlejuice
3: just wanted to like date Alec Baldwin. Right at the end of the movie. <laughs> And Gina Davis wasn't in it. I yeah. mean, or you could whatever.
2: Or if it was Alec Baldwin wanted to date Jeffrey Jones.
3: Uh, sure. Yeah. No. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. No. That's Beetlejuice I mean. wouldn't even be involved. No. In Beetlejuice fact. wouldn't be he part would, of it. They would. No one would call him.
2: Uh, a thing I remember,
3: it very- You just saw the Bye Bye Man. Speaking of, we were just talking about the Bye Bye Man. Speaking of movies where oh, you have to say the name of something. I did
4: just see the Bye Bye Man. How how was it? Uh, it was uh was not great great. Uh, okay. It was uh, not I mean- great great. Acceptable. I go to see most horror movies when they're in the theater because I love I, I love the genre and it's you know, like I support it. Yeah, yeah, I'll support it. And I mean, right now in 30 days, you have a new Underworld movie and a new Resident Evil movie. I know. And everybody's crapping on the Bye Bye Man. I mean, those two I franchises.
3: No well, no, I think the Resident Evil franchise in it is interesting. I have never seen anything from the Underworld franchise.
4: I've only mm-hmm. seen the first film of each.
3: Um, but I was it's talking, to, a I was was talking to former guest, uh, previous and future guest uh, Richard Lawson about mm-hmm. this last night, like. They did Underworld and Resident Evil movies when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when those started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're still doing those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like is really how I feel about it. Like really, Underworld that was like semi cool in high school. There, it was never that big a deal.
2: There are six of each. Now, I or think five there's, of each? there's
3: five Underworlds and I believe six Resident Evil. That's and one good. of the underworlds does not have Kate Beckinsale in it, and it's Correct. called Rise of the Light. It's a prequel and starring like Bill Knight. Stars Bill Knight, <laughs> who's in all of them, yeah. <laughs> as like, you know, explaining like how the vampires came to fight the werewolves or something. I don't know. Like they released that in theaters. Mm-hmm. They spent more than one dollar <laughs> on it.
2: And it grossed more than the latest Underworld. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. Um just like having just before he ended the DreamWorks thing. Right, and then
3: it goes under the Paramount. Uh it, right, it becomes part of Paramount.
2: They sign deal with Paramount and they sort of have first look at Paramount. And DreamWorks is their own like essentially a super sized like production company. Right. Within a studio. Mm-hmm. But Paramount is the one who, you know, DreamWorks isn't doing home video anymore. Paramount's the one using their distribution arm and their marketing team and all of that. That ends with the
3: masterpiece film She's Out of My League. Uh starring J Baruchel and what's that? that's 2010, 2012? 2010. 2010. okay and then DreamWorks pe- teams up with Reliance uh huh and then it's like DreamWorks can just sort of it's just a, like a, yeah it's like a production company and they you know they'll do some Disney movies they'll do some Paramount movies well it's mostly Disney though mostly that's the main Disney. thing
2: Reliance is the one bankrolling them Disney is the one who's sort of housing them as a hmm. full force but, you know, studio. Like they did Cowboys
3: and Aliens, that was Universal, you know. Like they 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 did uh, Dinner for Schmucks, that was Paramount. Like they'll they'll fuck around with other, you yeah. know. They, they now they're just kind of nothing. They're just I sort think, of. A, I think a the Paramount brand.
2: movies they go back to are largely cases of Fair things enough. that were set up. Fair enough. Back I'm in sure there. there's right, but then there's even shit like it's like okay, so DreamWorks, oh my god, they have Shrek, but then they spin animation off into sure. its own thing, and then DreamWorks Animation ends up going
4: from Paramount to Fox, to now, to Universal. Yeah. I mean, this is a little bit inside baseball, but who's making the decisions? I mean, how do they go from Shrek and mm-hmm. all the other, like, the Spielberg powerhouses into this, into Just Like Heaven and... What was the other one, the Jay Baruchel movie? Hey, she's out of her league. She's out of my league. league. She's out of my league.
2: The problem was, it's, it's very hard to establish a new studio that doesn't have a back catalog, mm. because, like, a thing that's able to keep Warner Brothers afloat is that they have the entirety of the Warner Brothers library. Yeah, people
3: are still buying Casablanca or whatever.
2: Right, and also just sort of the licensing to TV and Mm. all all those sorts of things, you know? And DreamWorks, like, started in 1997, you know? And it's, like, not a very deep library. And if they make a couple movies that are big and don't do well, like, I remember, like, 2003, the big deal was, like, their highest grossing film was Old School, which made $85 Mm. Which was mm. like respectable, but if you're a oh, yeah, studio, a lot of bad movies, in and there. that's the number or one film you release. Sea Biscuit uh, was 2003, yeah. but that was a yeah. co-production, right? I don't know. I think that was Universal and DreamWorks, and Universal got more I, of it. I know. Okay. I know Sinbad. They did like the the hand-drawn animated Sinbad, which cost like 100 million dollars and made like 20. Oh, yeah. and was, was it like good. Was, uh, it's not terrible. Hmm. I'd it's say not it's not
3: great. good. I don't know why they made that. Yeah, that was at the tail end. That's like the Treasure Planet year, where yes. you're like. You know, it's finally like the nails in the coffin for old school kind of Disney-style animated films.
2: It's weird that the last four years of, like, the the death rattle of hand-drawn animated films was all uh, studios trying to make big boys adventure yeah, movies. Yeah, making very old-fashioned,
3: hmm. like, uh, adventure movies. Because yeah.
2: it was, like, Atlantis. Atlantis Lost Empire. Treasure Planet. Treasure Planet. Rotel Dorado. Is that, that's, isn't that in the 90s? Uh, that movie no, is
3: That's fucking crazy.
2: That's a weird fucking movie. I think that movie's 2000 that on movie the That movie is...
3: Uh, two thousand. Yeah, you're right. Uh, that movie is a homosexual romance adventure. Uh, correct. Yeah, about two white men who like ruin a nice civilization. El Dorado. No but I mean, that's like, Elton John that sings like, that in the movie. He goes, El Dorado. <laughs> I think he does. I mean, I'm it's not. A I'm not being like, like no, they, no. Like, they, like, there's a lot of like bathing together, and it's it, like no. It's movies about two nice men who are in love with each they, other. We're yeah, not being flip about right. it, right? I
2: mean, they're not like
3: unaware of it. Like no, the no. two men, like yeah. they are. No, they're lovers. aware. They're in love with each right. other. They yeah, Every right.
2: night before they go to sleep, they kiss each other and they go, I love you so much. It's just, it's, I don't know. These
3: things, they're odd. Yes. Uh, you're um, right. Boys' adventures, you know, yes. very, very 30s. And here's and another really boy's expensive. adventure. They
2: were all really expensive. Tintin. And they all lost one. Tintin's Tintin a, is a, boys a boy's adventure. adventure and it's you know. animated, but motion capture. Y- yeah. It uh, is. In a weird way. The, yeah. the final point I was going to make about DreamWorks is like the same way they lost DreamWorks animation. Their big thing over the last ten years was uh, Transformers. But Transformers was set up in their Paramount days, and Paramount got Transformers in the divorce. Like Spielberg's still a producer on Transformers, hmm. but they're not DreamWorks movies anymore. I think in anything other than title. Um, so it was like, you know, they too many things that were you know costly failures. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a back catalog to rely on. Yeah,
3: so the wheels come off the
2: bus. And I think mm-hmm. you have the three major, like, people in charge, right? Geffen, very shortly after founding DreamWorks, kind of stopped being a guy with his hands in the And the music in industry, the you know, is right. the falling apart in general. And he just became sort of like an old philanthropist guy yeah. rather than a dude who, like, wanted to get his hands dirty and, like, be in the midst of things. Spielberg, I think, got restless running a studio and just wanted to be making movies, right? He starts mm-hmm. making not very big, you know hit movies. Which like, is he doesn't yes. really want to make these things. Which is like kind of an overarching thing about this miniseries that's sort of interesting is like Spielberg's this like nonstop hit machine with a couple weird outliers. It's like big fucking four quadrant hits. And then they were like, "What if Spielberg started his own studio?" And everyone was right. like, "Whoa! Every movie's a Spielberg movie." And then he's like, "Huh? What if I make solemn meditations yeah. on the gray areas make- of humani- human, human <laughs> like human morality? Like that's what all these movies are about. Like the he, human what, morality. I can't human morality. Talk anymore. Okay, yeah. so he
3: makes Tintin. Let's get on to Tintin.
2: Uh, yes. Let's get on to Tintin.
3: Where yeah. we've talked too much.
2: Oh, and then Katzberg was the third leg, and he went off and started his own thing. So that's I mean, that's doing, what sort he's of doing. Happening.
3: Fine. He's still a cutthroat businessman right. who just wants to make Madagascars for all.
2: Yeah." yeah. So the story is Steven Spielberg is uh, doing press overseas for Raiders of the Lost Ark. You mean for Crystal Skull? Oh, oh, you're, oh! You're going all the way back. I'm not going to track it day okay. by day, okay. but <laughs> well, you know, maybe he's doing should. the press tour, and he gets a Tintin. Someone says to him, like, "So it seems like your film is very influenced you're, by you're making a Tintin movie." Here. Urge, right, right, and right. he goes, "Who the fuck is Urge? I don't, I don't know from Urge." Sure, and they go, "Tintin, motherfucker!" He goes, "What are you talking about, Tintin? You stutter." I don't think he talked like that. He was very polite. That's what he talked like. No, I don't think At so. that period of time, yeah, it was, look it up. For a very short period of time, he was like, I don't fuck with Roger. Spielberg's
4: had, rude face. He had the world by the balls at that point. He Why did. wouldn't he talk like Yeah, he like
2: had that? the balls and a vice. Um, and, uh, and he picked up a book uh-huh. and was like, oh, this shit's
3: good. Yeah, well, he's right. Tintin's
2: the best. Tintin yeah.
3: fucking rules. Tintin fucking rules. He's a little boy who's a reporter. <laughs> he's like an, he's like 15. He's
2: got a thirst for adventure <laughs> and a nose for a good story. He knows right. when he sniffs out a good story.
4: Yeah. He has bottomless pockets, too, which is uh, really kind of an anachronism at this point. There's bottomless no, pockets? Well, he has no, there's no end to the Agreed. money he can, sp- Agreed, can spend but, to pursue a story. But
2: very short pants. Plus fours.
3: He wears plus fours. <laughs> you think about are, uh,
4: how long those pockets must be
2: in relation to <laughs> his pants, which come up just around the knee.
3: Yes. He wears, yeah. And not only that, they're very baggy. Yes. You know, the yeah. plus
2: four is a yes. baggy pant. Uh, also,
1: no hesitation when it comes to
3: punching an adult
1: right in his nose. Okay, so no, this is the a thing
2: a shit. I love about Tintin because we talked about- He's also
3: like, his hairline is receding, considering which yeah. is strange considering he's 15 years old. And he's
2: got the flip. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little- it's tuft. Called a, called a quiff.
3: Yes, he a quiff. The Tintin quiff,
2: though. Yes. Um, We talked about in our Crystal Skull episode, and inevitably we're going to have to cross-reference Crystal Skull a lot in this episode, um, how we think... Which is the previous film that uh, Stevie Spielbeger had made. Correct. I got his name wrong. Um, How uh, that... The thing that I believe appeals to Harrison Ford about Indiana Jones so much is that Indiana Jones is cerebral Uh and he's kind of a dork in the body of an action hero. Sure. Whereas Tintin's really just kind of a dork. Yeah. Like, he's good at fighting. He's surprisingly good at, like, firing guns and, like, riding planes. But there's nothing hip about Tintin. He can shoot a plane out of the sky with a pistol. Right. With one shot. With one bullet. Well, this is the thing I kind of love about Tintin. Nothing about Tintin is badass other than the fact that he does badass things. I
3: totally agree. Tintin himself, especially in the earlier when RJ started
2: writing it, he's a blank thing. You're supposed to just project yourself onto Tintin. And you talking about the fact that, like, it's like, who's this movie for? That's the thing that's kind of great about Tintin is like Tintin looks like he should just be like doing like an educational book series about <laughs> sure. like yes. learning like you know uh, human morality, <laughs> but instead Tintin's about like fucking punching pirates. Yeah,
3: because that's the thing. It's like the only reason the plot gets going in Tintin is Tintin's like something's up with this weird little uh, this this old sailor boat. He's like some of this model good ship. Story. Yeah, yeah, this is a good story. Yeah, he doesn't have to get on the caribougin' and fight a bunch of
2: pirates. But that's, that's the Indiana Jones thing, and I yeah. think that's the comparison, is that Indiana Jones just wants shit for his museum. Indiana Jones just wants to have a nice thing for his museum, and then he can give a lecture on it. He's not trying to make money. He just wants to get it, put it in a crate, give it back to Marcus Brody, lock it up. Tintin is a,
3: quote, reporter, end quote. I mean, right. you never see him write a story. You never see him, like, talk to an editor. You never <laughs> hear what he works for, you know. you know, right. But he is famous reporter boy Very reporter yeah. tintin
4: a boy reporter without parents or with an a
3: parents with a name that is not french or belgian or anything it's nope. just an, an a name that yep. Urge just thought sounded nice like tintin yeah. yeah and uh he's he has no last name or first name we like he's he's like a being well, I, thought,
2: I think his first name's Tin and his last name's Tin.
3: <laughs> they do call him Mr. Tintin sometimes, yeah. but I don't know.
4: His Why? middle name's Ricardo. I think the thing, well, here's- Tin, Ricardo, Tin? Yeah. There's a larger point with this that it strikes me is that, it you know, when you're reading the comics, you can project yourself really well because he's got the round, the round face. Yes. He's very, like, he's very blank. Uh, but when you watch the movie and he's more- uh, Real, he's more realistic I was going to say more sure. realistic, but because yeah. of the motion capture animation he looks you can't project yourself as well so a lot of the you're that's no true. longer participating in the stories yeah. you're just kind of witnessing and it doesn't have quite the same that's a fair criticism and, and the Tintin, animation yes.
3: is, is maybe where some people can't get on board with the adventures of Tintin right.
2: movie I'll make my argument for it that's but, fine and, I, I like yeah. the animation but oh. Tintin, yes, Tintin is kind of a cypher as a character, you know? I mean, you you don't know much about who he is, and his personality is really just that he, like, springs headfirst into adventure. Yes. But he doesn't seem very tough, other than the fact that he just never seems shaken by anything. Um, it's weirder watching it in a movie because reading it in a book when his face is so blank, when yeah, the, you're not the, hearing the, the voice.
3: Lean clear, or right. whatever it's called. Yes. His very, very expressive, uh, right. blank style of...
2: As uh, opposed to Haddock, Calculus, Thompson, Thompson, who are much bigger kind of caricature yes. personality-driven, tick-driven characters. Uh, and certainly, like, the villains and the supporting characters and all of that. Sure. Um, but but there are a lot of those similarities between uh, uh, Jones and Tintin. And uh, Swiller picks up the Tintin book, is like, shit's fucking good, mm-hmm. calls up Urge. Urge is like, Spielberg, huh? Spielberg could make a good Tintin movie. Right, because they had made
3: cartoons in the past. And there were two live-action a bunch films. of pieces of shit. Yeah, I didn't like the live-action movies. No, the live-action like
2: movies are bad, and they're original stories. They're not adaptations. They're original know. stories with the cast that were done in France in the 70s. He didn't like them. He didn't like the animated uh, adaptations. He gets really into the idea of Spielberg doing Tintin. He keeps on saying Spielberg's the only person, the imagination, the delicate yes. touch, all of this. And he uh, sells the rights to Spielberg, no, you know the you know the story, right? What he's he dies. Oh, correct. Like and
3: then Spielberg, uh, Spielberg is going meets to Belgium with his to his widow him. instead, yeah. and his widow's like, "Yeah, sure, have the rights." You Spielberg
2: know, like, was getting on a plane to go meet Urge in Belgium, and he died the day before. And then when he gets there, the widow's like, "He would have wanted." reading him to about happen. it now. He wanted H- Jack Nicholson to play Captain Haddock. Yep, that is terrible. <laughs> yep. Uh boy. And who would have played? Probably Anthony Michael Hall would have played Tintin, right? (laughs) God. Right? That
3: would have been the guy at the time. Sure, why not? In, like, 85? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Emilio Estevez as Tintin.
2: Uh, (laughs) Melissa Matheson writes a draft. Yeah. I mean, it, like, kind of gets close to going. He almost makes it before Last Crusade. He doesn't. The rights lapse. Yes. Uh, Polanski wants to make it. Claude Berry wants to make it. Claude Berry wants to make it. But the widow's like, he really wanted Spielberg, you know? And then? Spielberg kind of loops back around. Uh, and then
3: he eventually in the two thousands starts sniffing around it again. And
2: now he's like maybe animated. He
3: proposes this trilogy, which is maybe I'll do The Secret of the Unicorn, Red Reckham's Treasure, is one movie, you know, doing the, these two part books. The book books.
2: series are the books are kinda diptychs. I mean Yeah, often. There's yes. there's
3: some that are standalones, but the the most famous ones are kinda two parters. Yeah. Then he would do the Seven Crystal Balls, Prisoners of the Sunny, the yeah. Incan Adventure, and then he, you know, maybe like Tintin in Tibet, something like that.
2: And he's going like, eh, "Do I do straight animation? Do I do live action with some CGI?" He likes the work of Weta Digital, so he reaches out to them to say, "Hey, think about doing Tintin. Want to do a test to see how a CGI snowy would look?" Right. And Peter Jackson, who had founded Weta, gets, you know, intercepts that transmission mm. and goes like, "Fucking." Spielberg thinks he's making a Tintin movie? I fucking love Tintin. Yeah,
3: let's make a Tintin movie.
2: Well, you know what Jackson does, and it's very charming. Go ahead. Without telling Spielberg, they make their test of the CGI snowy, right. and Jackson dresses up as Captain Haddock right. and films himself as the live-action element on video saying, like, yo, Spielberg, mm. I'm Peter Jackson. Let me in on that Tintin. It was charming. It was really, it uh, was really charming. It was, it was funny Peter because, Jackson is charming. And he looked like
4: Haddock. He really did. Yeah, right, right. right.
2: The outfit's really good, and they were filming him in a CGI background to be like, "Here's a photorealistic background. Here's a photorealistic snowy. Here's a real Haddock." And Spielberg's like, "Interesting." Picks up the phone, calls him. He really does look like Haddock. It looks a lot like Haddock, especially when he was in this like midweight level. I once, yeah, yeah,
3: right. I once was Captain Haddock for Halloween. He's not cool. He's not hard to do as a costume because he, like all Tintin characters, you know, it's a lot of. Big obvious elements. (laughs) you know he's got a big sweater. It's blue and it has an anchor on it. He wears a blazer
2: and a you know sailor's hat and a beard and like that's about it. Ben, you've been getting into fashion recently. How would you rate the the style of the Tintin universe? I loved
1: it. It was throwbacky. It was really fun. I mean, Tintin himself. Oh, this is pretty rough. He, yeah, I don't oh, know. You mean his style? The uh, yeah, powder I'm not into blue. the capris, and the, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the
3: pants, and then he's got the little collar popped. But
1: no, like all the um, all the guys on the ships were looking real sharp, nice jackets, cool hats. The policemen and the like city dwellers. Yeah, I was like, really immersed, definitely in the fashion.
2: So uh, I think Jackson's the one who makes this big push to Spielberg. A right. he goes, like, what if we go in on this together? Right. And, and they come up what with if this we, plan. what if we do, like... You talk about Pete Jackson? Peter Jackson. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, PJ says, like, you direct the first one, I produce. Then we switch. True West on Broadway style. Right. I direct, you produce. Right. The third one, that's a freebie. We'll figure that one out later. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we do it together even was sort of uh, floated. Wait. Yeah. Uh, and then Jackson goes, like, but what about motion capture? kind of sells them on this motion capture thing. And Spielberg gets really into this idea of like, Ugh, I could never figure out whether to do live action or animated. It's a property that exists somewhere kind of in between. Right. There's a certain heightened quality that like, if you do a live action Tintin, the, the French ones look really weird. And they try to use makeup. To like approximate No, it looks bizarre. I've it seen, looks bizarre. I've and it,
3: seen staged Timpton,
2: like uh-huh. the plays,
3: and those are good, but that that's different because you're in a theater, you know, you can suspend your disbelief. But you
2: go into a territory where you're like, do you choose to make it Dick Tracy-esque, where you go so over the top and so heightened that it becomes the style, or do you set it in reality, in which case you have to tone down a lot of the elements of the books in order to make it look more everyday? Right. Um, and so he here has you go. This Here's idea the happy of, medium oh I you know I don't want to do an animated film I like working with actors in you know uh, uh, what you call it mocap there's the thing they call like in the space or whatever it is the volume oh. uh-huh. where you're recording with people you can actually fucking operate the camera so, so oh, works cool. like even though I don't have the set I have the camera here I can figure out my shots I can move it around I can do these complicated moves sells them on that films they it. They do it and uh, Jackson I think does a lot of the post-production kind of stuff, since he has the experience in that. But Spielberg's the one who shoots it works with the actors. It comes out in 2011. It well, is yeah, also Stephen Moffat writes a draft. Yes. Edgar Wright and Joe
3: Cornish finish the draft because of the right. writer's strike, like it, it all gets fucked up and, and by the goes time off the, to the writer's Doctor strike Who. ends, yeah. Right. Um but so yeah, so they you know, three great British writers uh-huh. work on this uh, adaptation of not a British work, but it's certainly a work that's incredibly popular in Britain. Yeah. Much more so than in America. In America it's more of a niche property. Right. And say, Tintin's
2: right? at the cusp of like uh overseas box office grosses are carrying more weight. Yeah. And I think that was a big thing of like um Sony dropped out of the movie very shortly before uh, it was uh, to be put into production Mm. because Spielberg asked for his customary 30% of the gross. Mm. And they were like, this is a gambit. Tencent's not big in America. It's an overseas play, this and that. And then I think uh, Paramount stepped up to Mm. the plate uh, then late. Or maybe it was Universal dropped out and Sony replaced it. Whatever the fuck it is. Whatever the fuck it is um but there was a lot of hesitation to get the movie made and it was like okay it's going to work in Europe it's going to work in Europe and it comes out in one of the weirdest moves of all time comes out the same fucking week as warhorse spielberg She's decides Stilberg to release movies the same two movie. movies yeah. within 3 days of each other and both wide
3: releases both like 3000 screens and in
2: both very similar kind of like wide appeal yeah, family Apple Dumpling movies. gang movies. right <laughs> yeah. they're like very earnest yeah. Like, you know, like old fashioned kind of dorky family movies. I mean,
3: Tintin it makes Warhorse look like Care Bears. I mean, like, you right. know, yeah, go ahead. Right.
2: Tara, yeah. Um, but he releases one on Wednesday and one on Friday, and the movies kind of cannibalize each other. They both end up around eighty. Yeah, you have to think that if he had released one Spielberg movie at Christmas time, one of them would released have gone. It in the summer. Right? It makes no
3: sense to release it at Christmas. But it War like, Horse is your Christmas movie.
2: It feels like putting a Spielberg movie like that in the Christmas weekend could do one hundred and fifty million dollars. Maybe, yeah, sure, of course.
3: If you, if you had one, if you can or whatever. Right,
2: yeah. but it felt like they kind of cannibalized each other. And this movie doesn't have much of a lasting legacy. It was shut out of Best Animated Film at the Oscars because they have a real yeah, anti-mo-cap, anti-mo-cap cap. prejudice.
3: Mm. Yeah. It Just, should have been nominated.
2: Yes. Um, and I feel like this movie is kind of a forgotten curio. And uh, It is. It
3: made, uh, it made almost $400 million yeah. uh, worldwide. It did do very well overseas. But yeah.
2: They keep on talking about it's the kind sequel of, yeah. and it just doesn't happen.
3: It's in that Pacific Rim territory where it's like, it has some fans and it did well enough overseas that they'll yeah. always be like, no, maybe we'll make another one.
2: Except they're actually doing Pacific Rim and it's now been six years right. since 1010.
3: I'm really excited to
1: hear that. I love Pacific Rim. You, you want to see Pacific Rim too? Hell yeah. Well,
3: because they're big. Um, that is true. They are big robots. Like they nominated Puss in Boots. Bad movie. Oh. Uh, instead of. Tintin. I said bad movie. I haven't seen it. I don't know. I just. A Cat in Paris, which is okay. Okay. Chico and Rita, which is sexy. Y- yeah. That's a real sexy movie. Uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, which is. Animated. A- it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. It's not good. No. But it is gorgeous. I will say. Yeah, it looks really it's a- nice. A- yeah. Animation wise, it's kind of yeah. a triumph. And then
2: Rango wins that year, which is mocap. Oh. Yeah, well. Somewhat, you know. Rango's weird because they didn't technically do mocap. They used reference. I know. Rango's really good, though. I got yeah, fucking Rango fucking
1: rules. Rango's
2: great. But Tintin should have been nominated as well. Agreed. Yeah.
3: Didn't it win a Golden Globe, though? It, it won it the Golden Globe and uh, at least was nominated for the BAFTA for animated film, but uh, no
2: Oscar. Got the best mm. score nomination, which Johnny Williams almost always gets nominated any year he has a movie, whether or not the work's good. But this is a good score. It's a
3: decent score. It is. I got no beef for the score. It's not my favorite Johnny Williams score, but I think it, it fits the I think movie very nicely. I think it's
2: really good. I mean, it's like, you know, it's certainly not as good as like his Indiana Jones theme, but I remember having the feeling when I sat there in the theater and the opening credits started and they were playing the the song, I was like, this feels like the musical theme to Tintin. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. this feels like the musical embodiment they of Tintin. They
3: nominated him for Tintin and Warhorse that year, which was overkill. Yeah, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> um, right.
2: But l- okay. let's, let's get into the movie proper. This movie opens with this fucking awesome opening credit sequence and, like, a jazzy version of John Williams' theme. Mm -hmm. And
3: they're running through all the sort of the Tintin uh, iconography.
2: Right. It's a little like the Catch Me If You Can opening. Sure. um, But more modernized. It's the same kind of, like, it looks like a, a Saul Bass on steroids thing where it's, like, these abstract images that keep on morphing into different
4: elements Mm, and it's all done in sort of silhouette. And It all has references like all the cities Tintin has been to in his adventures and other uh, people that have popped up in books and so on.
2: And it uses some of the still images from the books, which I like, some of the panels. So it's like a nice little primer course of like, this is basically who this guy is. Mm. Backstory is important, but just know that Tintin's getting into adventures all the time. Sure. And here's a sense of like the legacy and the weight of who Tintin is, right? Mm -hmm. And then we transition from that into. <laughs> he's getting his caricature Ooh, done. Very clever, Stevie. <laughs> There's a man who looks, <laughs> looks a like little Herge. like Hergé. Mm-hmm. And he's doing a caricature of a young boy who lives right. at okay, drawing okay. take it like. down a notch. <laughs> it looks like Tintin from yes. the comics. Yeah.
4: Well, here's the thing about that, that I've been seeing with the Hergé yeah. uh, character. character—that They wanted to make him look like Hergé. So right. they did a lot more of a realistic depiction mm-hmm. of him. And so then when they switch over to the less, to the more, like, stylized depictions, it's really kind of jarring. Because you were expecting, I was expecting more of that, uh, you know, uncanny valley. You wanted, right. You want, are not
3: wanted, but you expected it to be, right. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of, I guess, kind of what Zemeckis was doing at the time, right? The
4: Polar Express? Beowulf and stuff like that.
3: More, like, not a cartoonish, more of a, like, let's see if we, like, Final Fantasy. Let's see if we can try to get... This to look like a person, right? And but that's not what Tintin's going for.
2: There's a weird balance going on where it's like something like Beowulf. It's like okay, he certainly uses the technology to make actors look different. Like he like yeah, he makes Ray Winstone look like Sean Bean, right? Right, <laughs> which is weird. And he Could like just cast Sean Bean, buddy.
3: Like I right. mean, you know, anyway,
2: he makes like Hopkins and Malkovich look older. Like it's yeah. like he puts digital old age makeup on them. Sure, right. But also right. wants he to make them look he like realistic versions right. of those guys wearing makeup. Um, In this, they look like
3: cartoon Tintin. They look like Hergé's Tintin. Like, you know, like, their noses are bulbous if if Hergé drew the nose bulbous. Mm -hmm. They have little eyes. It's like a mimicking of the cartoon, but it's also a real... Face It's a very bizarre it's so odd. approach. Well, because as you said, Has anyone done anything like this since? I'm trying to think.
2: No, because the only thing I can think of that's similar to this is Monster House was also mocap and is stylized, but oh, they don't sure. try to make them look realistic. No, that's at a all. cartoon, right? Right. That There's like no like detail in that. Like they just look rounded and, mm. and smooth, you sure. know? Um this is like they tried to figure out what the actual anatomy would be of people who had those faces. Right, it's like
3: when you see those weird things on BuzzFeed or whatever, where it's like, yeah. what would the Simpsons look like if it was real? Or, you know, right. like Mario, what would he look like as a real person?
2: And the joke is that it's always, like, kind of upsetting and creepy. Right, right, right. I like how... Because did... they
3: have a big nose. Right, no one's nose should be that...
2: Exaggerated big, or that round, ...or not have nostrils or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting, like, okay, so Urge looks more similar, and Tintin... They make look more realistic, but then a lot of supporting cast like, you know, Haddock and, and the bad guys and everything, you get into these things where it's like nose shapes and face shapes and all that sort of stuff that you couldn't get in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about it is I think it's the one it's the one mocap movie that doesn't creep me out watching it. I know a lot of people think Tintin looks creepy.
3: I think he looks okay. Do you think he looks creepy? I, I mean,
2: the,
4: the film in general, but certainly that character as oh, well. Oh, sure. The second, I, the first time, like for it, about 20 minutes in, it took me, you know, it, it took me about 20 minutes to get used to it. I think it was yeah, creeping me out at first, and then I eased into it.
3: I think that's fair. You, you definitely need to get used to it, especially if you like the books. You're like, oh, you know, like this, I didn't realize. Like, that's how I felt the first time I saw it. Like, I didn't sure. get it, it was going to look like this.
2: It's also weird because, as you said, like, Urge's style was known as Linclair, like clear line. It's yes, like this Lin-Claire. guy, simple, right. clear lines. And then they were like, what if we took those clear lines and gave them pores mm-hmm. and like
4: vascular muscular system? Right. And, like, that's the thing they've done. It, yeah.
3: There's some quote
4: and sped it up to about 17,000 frames per second. Right, it just, right. It's, it's like, like making, a very fast movie. Yeah. We're
3: making them look photorealistic, the fibers of their clothing, the pores of their skin, each individual hair. They look exactly like real people, but real Urge people. That's what Peter Jackson says about like the look they wanted. Which it's is, an odd look to aim for.
2: It's insane. Like It's an insane gambit, and it's nonsensical. What I like about it, and I'm not going to give him credit and say that this was like an intentional, meta-textual thing, but it, this is how it ends up working for me. Yeah. Is I feel like this film totally owns the fact that it exists in the Uncanny Valley, like they're like we're trying to encapsulate Uncanny Valley that is the world that the comic books exist in, where it's like on one hand the Tintin books are like very banal, they take place on like very basic looking like European streets, right? With people playing. It's like, set in quote unquote Belgium, wearing like, like know, normal clothes, yeah, yeah. and then like crazy things happen, and you have like ghosts and spirits and like spaceships and shit like that. And I think this movie is like. We talked about in our Crystal Skull episode how there's the thing where it's like Spielberg's really good at compositing CGI elements into live action films and really bad at compositing live action elements into predominantly CGI environments. Mm-hmm. And this is like, this movie was going to get caught in that if he tried to make it live action. He didn't. He didn't. Like, yeah. Yeah. And if he tried to make it cartoony, I think it'd feel too weightless. Let's
3: talk about the plot of Tintin. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're getting bogged down in a discussion we've already He's had. living in the middle. Yeah. Okay.
2: All right. <laughs> yeah. Tintin. 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 Okay, so Tintin's walking around the open market. Everyone knows him. He's Tintin. They love his bylines. He's a good fucking reporter, and he's a little boy, right?
3: He's a teenager. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then he sees a beautiful wooden ship, a model ship.
3: He's excited. 50 guns. Yeah. Man of War. I don't know. He says a bunch of stuff like that.
2: Oh, but here's the thing that's already happened at this point. Spielberg sets up some fucking gestures. We see this dude with spats on his shoes rocking back and forth on his heels. We see his hands, his fingers flexing. Ooh, Spielberg, making us pay attention to something. What's that? Where's that going, right? Sure. So simultaneous things going on. One is, here's this pickpocket. Now, we know how to recognize him. We know what he does with his hands. We know what he does with his feet. And here's Tintin. He's just shopping around, right? Uh Uh-huh. And it almost just feels like a Spielberg affectation. Oh, just, oh, little details. Oh, what are little side stories going on here? Tintin sees the ship. He loves it. He asks the guy how much it costs buys it immediately the sweaty guy comes up to him who's the first guy we see in the movie who's got like crazy urge face sure yeah right and he's like much? Oh, oh, how much do you want let me buy it from you kid kid i'm trying to help you right and tintin's like i'm a kid i bought a boat leave me be. <laughs> and then fucking daniel craig comes in with a pointy beard and he is saccharine
3: saccharine played by daniel craig uh, not a major character in the book that they're adapting at all. A minor no. character. Very minor. He's, he's the same character at the start, which is like, oh, let me have this ship. Yeah. And he's like, no thanks. And he's like, damn it. <laughs> and like, that's kind of the last year. I mean, he's, right. he's just an antique collector. That's it. Right.
4: Yeah. He looks like a bad guy, but that's about it. He right.
3: does, because he has like a, a devil, like goatee yes. and mustache. And yeah. like the
2: pointiest nose in history. And Daniel Craig is like fucking chewing that ham, <laughs> like chewing it back and forth, like uh, kicking it around in his jaw. Uh, Sakharin, of course, you know, one of the legendary screen villains, probably one of the most iconic bad guys in the history of cinema. I see what you're
3: doing here. I see what you're doing here. You're flipping it. Kids fucking love Sakharin. (laughs) Look, it's odd. It's odd that this is what they went for in, uh, this movie. Like, Tintin has a lot of cool villains. Yeah. A lot of cool villains. A lot of cool villains. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of villains like this.
2: He's kind of a belloc.
3: Uh, but what? Belloc from oh from Raiders from, of the Lost, of Lost Ark, Ark, right? Where right. it's
2: like for how awesome that movie is and how high the stakes are, that villain doesn't ever seem to be that big of a thing. It's just like oh, just here's another like Forget stuffed him. shirt, yeah, right. Who's like representing like he's financing the thing that's actually the threat to, to my, Indiana Jones.
3: My problem with Sackerin, and I I enjoy Daniel Craig at all times. I think he's lovely. In this. I think yeah, mm-hmm. I like his voice a lot. I think. Yeah. He, is, like, just Tintin doesn't really have a lot of villains like that who are like, it'll be mine, I'll kill you, you know, and, like, right. his motivations are uh, shaky at best. Sure. Is that he's the descendant of the dread pirate, Red Rackham.
2: Well, and that's the point, this movie. Which
3: they invent, but, I mean, that that doesn't even bother me, it just, I I don't really get, like, why he cares
2: so much. Sure. You know, I don't know. I mean, uh, Tintin has no emotional arc in this movie. This movie, the emotional story of this movie is Haddock. Right. And Saccharin uh, functions as a... Like, That's fair. ...a foil,
3: you know? Yes, to draw out the best in Haddock.
2: And and Haddock is someone who feels like he has collapsed under the weight of his family's reputation. Mm-hmm. And Saccharin is someone who has been entirely motivated and empowered by feeling the need to uphold his family's legacy. Yeah. Uh, Saccharin comes, wants the shit. Want that ship. Some funny stuff with the guy, because like, name your price.
3: Yeah, and the guy's like, oh,
2: I've been in business for 50 40 years. And you miss- name your price by four minutes. Uh, Tintin's like, I'm sorry, I want this ship. I like tchotchkes. This is already a thing. Like, I'm in this movie, like, already. I love Tintin. My mom's French. Grew up reading Tintin books, right? She would read them to me. Um, so I, like, I love these characters. I'm excited to see them on screen. But now I'm watching Tintin, and it's like, oh man, Tintin's first stance in the movie is that he doesn't want to sell a toy he bought at a market. <laughs> this is my kind of character.
3: Boy, oh boy, I'd, I'd name your price. Great, hundred grand. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Have yeah. the boat right now. Wrap it up. And Tintin and T- the hundred grand. Yeah, I think that's yeah what it exactly. Is and he goes home, and he's like, "How will I spend this? <laughs> let's have an adventure." Yeah, he doesn't care about money though, as you pointed out, Joe. He's not. So, there's never any worry about, like, ah, shit, am I going to make ends meet this month?
2: Look, you could make a list of the things that Tintin doesn't care about, and it would be longer than the list of things that Tintin does care about money, women, no power, interest. politics. No interest. He's not right.
4: going to school. Nope. Nope. Not Education
2: doesn't matter. He likes stories, a good fucking newspaper story about adventures. And he likes adventure. He likes adventure. That's it's unquenchable, his
3: thirst for adventure.
2: <laughs> That's all he likes. Unquenchable. Unquenchable can't fucking do it. I was going to try it again, but I don't want to f- belly flop again. Um, he goes home and is playing with the thing. The mask comes out. Ooh, Discovery. Little silver thing rolls out. Yeah, but only Snowy sees that. Only Snowy sees it. Mm. Now, this is the thing I love about this movie. Okay. Now, I want to be clear. I've seen this movie twice. Saw
3: it in theaters, uh-huh. and then I watched it again just now. Okay. You've seen this movie how many times?
2: Probably 45. Yeah. You've seen this
3: movie. You're like an obsessive about this movie. Yeah, I really like this movie. It, it like, it's yeah. one of those movies, and I have them too, that you just put it on and it chills you out. Yep. And it's, it's like, a you know it movie. very well. Yeah. So it's just sort of fun to see all the beats. Like, last Joe, night- how many times have you seen this, this uh, motherfucker? Twice. And twice. Seen it? You're like me.
4: And I wish I had actually seen it in the theater because so much happens. Uh, well, we'll get to the action scenes sure. later. But uh, yeah, I'm I wish trying, I'd seen it. In the I think
3: I saw it in 3D. Because good use of 3D in it, this movie. It's got yeah. pretty cool 3D. Yeah. I, I don't remember my theatrical experience much apart from that. Like, I think I had a fine time. I can know?
2: remember mine. I went to an early screening of it with my father uh-huh. who did not grow up with Tintin and sure. would leave the room when my mom read Tintin books to me. <laughs> wow, and I sat there with my rude. father. It was just, I don't fucking kiss some kid in a sweater. <laughs> what am I paying attention to? Not knowing that someday his son would grow up to become some kid in a sweater. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. I am I mean, I I feel like I've modeled a lot of my life after Tintin, like, unconsciously. Um, but uh, I sat there watching with my dad. My dad got, like, invited to this Tintin screen and was like, hey, you like Tintin, right? Do you want to go see Tintin with me? And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go see Tintin with you. We Went and saw it. I just sat next to my father, and I was, like, pumping my fist. We were in this tiny screening room that was, like, maybe 20 people in total, uh-huh. and it was, like, all, like, business people. <laughs> and, like, no one was excited. And I was there going, like, fucking Tintin. Everyone else was just sitting there stuck. And my dad was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what? who cares? Yeah, he just he didn't
3: know that this was, like, People were gonna be into this. Yes,
2: yeah, for nerds. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I, what I like about this movie a lot, I mean, I, as you pointed out, yes, I do know every micro detail of this movie and I've tracked all the like minor, like, because you're, you're like,
3: stuff. oh, here's an element I love in the scene where the mask breaks. And I'm right. like, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, but this is a thing I like about this movie, right? Spielberg's a details guy. And we talk about him being like a setup payoff guy, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is how he uses the camera and editing and how he uses camera moves, motivated camera moves to draw your attention to things. I love it. Underline things, right? This movie is Spielberg being like, what if a camera could do fucking right. anything? That's
3: what I love yeah. about this movie.
2: What if it like you made a steady camera? What if movie, I give you a
3: 15-minute unbroken action shot that right. doesn't feel even like it's, you know, rubbing it in your face? And the yeah.
2: steady cam operator was Superman. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you could go anywhere at any point. Right. So there's just shit like. The mass breaking and the silver thing falling out, where, like, I feel like Beowulf would go into the territory of just like, the camera can do anything. And it would just feel crazy and it would just feel like you're like zooming around. Sure. In this, it feels like Spielberg's very grounded in like, it is a camera. I'm just acting like it's a magic camera that can change sizes and move in any direction. Yeah. So there's shit like the silver mass falling out, which he's able to track as like one camera move, you know? This is a fair point. Underneath a cabinet. Where a camera could never fit without having to build a whole set for that, right? And, and you why get would the you dog's bother? POV, yeah. And without Snowy having to like fucking emote in a human way, you see what
4: Snowy sees, and that he knows it's there, and you set up that element. Which, really quick uh, aside, in the books, Snowy does emote in a human way. Snowy Correct. talks. Snowy has thought bubbles. He communicates with Tintin, and in he the movie, He does.
3: Although it's sort of like odd, uh, like Tintin doesn't. I don't know. He, does, he can't communicate with people, but he can talk to Tintin. Well, it was always but kind But you of never can get thing. if, like, Tintin totally knows what he's saying or if Tintin's more just sort of like, good job, Snowy. Well, because that's the <laughs> Like, they don't have conversations. In Garfield, where right.
2: right, they were like, hey, Snowy, how's your day? They, they never do that. But, like, it, with Garfield, there's that thing where, like, okay, Garfield's in thought bubbles, but sometimes it feels like what John Arbuckle's saying is responding, and Amen. sometimes it's just like maybe they're on parallel tracks. Yeah. Um... They wisely, as in most you know, adaptations of Tintin, chose to make him nonverbal. Mm-hmm. But he's a smart dog, and Very. you get a lot out of him. He's, this guy is expressive. What do you think of Snowy,
3: Joe?
4: I, I like the Snowy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Snowy in the comics. I like Snowy this adaptation. Mm-hmm. Another quick aside uh, regarding Thanks. Snowy. Uh, Carol Kolb, who was the former editor of The Onion, she mm-hmm. was a huge Tintin fan, still is, and she loved Snowy and Tintin so much she got a dog. Uh, same same breed, almost identical to Snowy, and it's named Dummy. Uh, in her Herge, uh, in a Herge homage, mm-hmm. I've met
2: Dummy a number of times. I didn't know that was the backstory.
4: Interesting. Yep, yeah. he's uh, good dog.
2: I, I want to.
3: S- I just want to say something about Snowy. Sure. I, Snowy's my least favorite part of the movie. <sighs> I don't love Snowy. I love because I love Snowy, like right. the dog.
2: Right. Because Snowy's one of my four or five best friends. So if you could just like go breeds. on and and tread carefully. But I mean, for some reason. Lightly.
3: I I don't mind it, but I guess it's maybe it's that he's not mocap. He's just an animated. He's straight creature. animated. Yes. Uh, for some reason, he just he's not quite right for Snowy to me. But maybe whatever. It's, he's not my Snowy. He's fine.
2: Sure. I, I can. See but he's
3: not my favorite part of the movie. I mean, I can. You see seem that. very suspicious.
2: Uh, well, no, I'm trying to. Okay, I'm trying to put a case together. Like Tencent, I'm, I'm gathering clues for my story. I'll file at the end of this episode. Well, let me <laughs> sure. go.
4: Uh, let me back him back him up in as far as uh, he doesn't like in the. Book because he actually has things. He has Mm -hmm. a personality. Right. He has sort of a stream of consciousness. Yeah. He's not as defined of a. He's not a defined character. He's just. Sure. I mean, he's a dog. He's more of a helpful dog. Yeah. Whatever. Like
3: Snowy's a little more of an ironic commentator in the books. Uh huh. And uh, he has more of a personality. He has weaknesses. He likes bones. And he likes alcohol. He likes alcohol, which they probably wisely don't really get into. They...
4: He, no they do he in the in the plane he actually slurps up some of the uh, Oh that's the, right
3: he does. that's true that's right that's the one time a he, little yeah, tip he competes of the with uh <laughs> haddock yeah Yeah but um but otherwise yeah in the movie he's a, he's fine he's a good dog he's a good dog He's, he's, he's a, good a good dog, dog. Yeah, I think he's a good dog I'd love to have him on my side oh, in any adventure Hey I don't I li- want I li- to be against you <laughs> I like his sequence early in the movie where he chases Tintin Fun chase I think it's a good chase I just whatever yeah. maybe Snowy's just not quite what I imagine Snowy to be That's all he's fine he's good yeah he's okay.
2: that's fair. Just remember he is one of my four or five best friends. who are the others? uh my best friends yeah uh woody the cowboy <laughs>
4: no. uh
2: Jerry Maguire. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna guess
4: yeah, Robocop Robocop's one of my
2: four or five best friends, yeah he's
3: a little stiff that guy
2: yeah, but he he gets a job. He's done. got a good heart at the at the end of the day, deep down, he's got a good heart and then uh my my uh fifth uh best friend is uh is you oh yeah, we're the that's two friends
3: nice. we are the two we're friends.
2: we' are the two friends okay.
3: Um. So wait. So you love how the camera can like fuck around with this, right? You can jumping draw your attention. behind the desk yes, and all that. Yes, and
2: make it all dynamic. But th- but this is they got the silver capsule. People break in, they steal. The they thing. steal
3: the boat, but they don't get the capsule. Right. Slip behind the desk.
2: While Tintin's out investigating,
3: Tintin is intrigued. Yeah, rather than reacting with like "fuck," my apartment got ransacked. He's like, "No, this means that boat. That boat, though. It's That's going. a good boat." <laughs> hey, also,
1: this kid has a way nicer apartment than I do. No, or hey, I never had
3: Belgium in the 30s. You could you could do pretty well in a reporter's Apparently. salary.
2: Yeah, but see, Ben, you have a lot of vices and interests. That's the thing. Tintin just doesn't waste any time. Chasing ladies—that's true. Going out, yeah. studying fashion—you know, Tintin's like stories, adventures. Done. He That's liked- how he gets his rent. Sure,
4: and he likes books. He likes books. They make a point of that in the in the in the comic. Mm-hmm. His, uh, when they ransack his uh, his apartment, his, he's mad because one of his books is ruined. Mm. So he likes books. He likes a reader.
3: Books. He's got a landlady, uh, Mrs. What's her name?
2: Landlady. She has mm-hmm. like a name. Oh yeah.
3: Um, uh, Mrs. Finch, right. Sure. Who is very used to all these antics. You mm-hmm. know, when, like, someone gets knocked out on her front door, she's like, "Huh? Oh,
2: this again. Once again. Yeah. Uh, I, around the time they set up the Thompson Thompson thing where they are two identical detectives.
3: Yeah, although they are not related because one is no. with a P and one's without.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Played by Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and very yes. clever casting. Agreed. And they're looking for a pickpocket. They are the pickpocket we saw from the beginning of the film. Mr. We Silk. now can recognize through gesture. Sure, played by Toby Jones, mm-hmm. who I always thought would make a good Professor Calculus.
3: Maybe I always imagined Calculus is French. I mean, of course, all the characters are technically supposed to be Belgian right. or whatever, right. but like I always actually imagined Calculus with as, a franchise as a European. Yes, right, yeah. not a Brit.
2: Well, so then hire Ewan McGregor. Oh, sure. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. 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 You know what? Uh, let me a little side. it'll have come out, I think, by the time yes. we release this episode. But Beauty and Beast looks like a uh, dog shit. That's what it looks like. It looks think... like a piece of shit.
2: But don't you think most I'm of the I'm willing time...
3: to be wrong. Right. Because like, I feel prove like. You, me wrong. You were saying the same thing about Bill Jungle Condon. Book last year.
2: Jungle Book was okay. But like, I don't think that movie's great either. Yeah. But that... you were very against it before it came out and then you saw it and you were like, surprisingly functional. I, I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, it works. It Although works. I'll admit
3: like a week later I was like. There was a Jungle Book, like yeah. John Favreau made a Jungle Book
2: movie. I, yeah. I had no idea.
3: Like it, it did vanish from memory.
2: Sure. Whereas I tweeted about how excited I was to masturbate to the Jungle Book. Yeah, and then, and then you, Saul was a little underwhelmed. You got like a, you got like half mast, and <laughs> yeah. you're like,
3: you know what, this isn't. Yeah, fun. I got a semi. Um, but uh, being but the Jungle Book at least you're like okay, you know. Mm-hmm animals, like, this is something where I could, there's some reason to do this. In live action, sure. Beauty and the Beast, I'm looking at the trailer, I'm like, you just made Beauty and the Beast, the cartoon that is good,
2: Yeah, you just did it again. You did the exact same thing, except it's live action.
3: Like it looks like the exact same fucking thing. My but da- worse. My
2: dad and I were watching TV and the and the ad for the new Beauty and the Beast came on and he went, "So is that a is that based off the Broadway show?" <laughs> oh god, your dad's weird. Yeah, He's like, like a troll. I mean, y- yes by by <laughs> but yeah,
3: association. Yes. I mean, yeah, but- no, it's not. <laughs> it's based like, on the cartoon. What the kind of question is that? <laughs> yes, it's, it's like seeing Shrek 5 and be like,
2: "Is that the Broadway musical? Is that based <laughs> on Shrek the musical?" It's like, well, in the sense that it, yes, the Trek, the musical is based on Trek, and this sure. is the fifth Trek.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Do you disagree with me that Beauty and the Beast looks like a sack of crap? I mean, you look at, like, the animation of the cups in, yes. the, in the cartoon, and then you look at the live action where they're like, we put a face on a cup. I don't know. Like, you know, I didn't think too
2: hard about this. Uh, <laughs> this is the one point where I disagree with you. We put a the, face on a clock. By the time <laughs> this movie, this episode comes out, the movie will be uh, already released. It'll have made a billion dollars, and everyone will already have their opinion on it. Sure. I think the movie doesn't look good. I like the design of it a lot more than you do.
3: I don't mind the design of uh, a lot of it. I just yeah. the, the, for some reason the you know the, the Cogsworth and the Lumiere, all those they, they those don't I mean, yeah. See, I I like me. the way
2: Lumiere and Cogsworth look. I'm really against the fact they didn't hire Jean Dujardin to play Lumiere because that guy is a fucking human French candle. It's true. That's the one part he's designed he is to play. He a French candle. You want a goddamn Oscar, let him play Lumiere. He <laughs> shouldn't have won an Oscar. Uh, he shouldn't have. He should. They should have saved it so they could give him best supporting accent so for Ewan playing McGregor Lumiere. Ewan
3: McGregor is playing Lumiere. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just weird. Like, every t- I know that, and yet every time I say it, I'm like, wait,
2: really? You're, you're sure? He's not playing the clock? Yeah, and he said, like, they offered him the part, and he was like, oh, my wife is French. I probably can do a good French accent. And they brought uh. him in, and his French accent was terrible. By his own admission, right. they had to redub and reshoot all of his shit. Huh. Because he was like, yeah, it was much harder than I thought. I had to, like, two goes <laughs> at that. Why?
3: Back. Why him? Maybe get... Maybe make a sequel to the movie Why Him? But this <laughs> time it's about Disney casting Hugh McGregor in the live-action Beauty and the Beast. One more thing. This is on the record. I want this on the record because yeah. we're doing on the record right now because sure. the movie will have come out. Yeah. I think Luke Evans looks great as Gaston, and I'm excited for the Gaston scene. Yeah, that's the thing I'm excited and for. And he can sing. He's a good singer. Yeah.
2: So... Uh, on the record, uh, one I, hope more, he, I hope he lived up to it. One that. more thing on the record: uh, by the time this episode comes out, I assume they will have already announced a uh, greenlit a sequel to Why Him? Yeah, of course, about Hugh McGregor Uh, and, yes, yeah. and Bill Condon. Yes, <laughs> and then also the sequel, How
3: Her. Uh, what's that one about?
2: It's about uh, James Franco's parents meeting uh, Zoe Dutch. Good. How Good. Her. It made money. Why him? Yeah. Made, like, $70 million. Yeah, it's, like, made, like, 20 more than, like, fences. <laughs> it's made, like, 100 more than silence. Yeah. Uh, topical things people will want to hear right, in May. Sorry,
3: sorry, sorry. All right, what happens in the rest of Tintin? He goes on an adventure. Yeah. Joe's looking at his watch.
4: Yeah. No, 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 I'm looking at my fingernail because I, a little, uh, little pain in my finger. No, carry on. I'm, do you, you bite your nails, Joe? I do bite my, my nails. nails. I'm a I regular, by, I'm a nail yeah. biter. Yeah, do you fuck too. with the cuticles or just the nail itself? I fuck itself? with the cuticles. I go down and then I, like, I guess I kind of, like, you with the cuticles. I don't bite the cuticles. You don't cuticles bite the cuticles. If I can help I can. it. I'm worse. I yeah. bite the
2: cuticles. Yeah. My dad, who's getting a lot of airtime in this episode, like picks at the cuticles only. Ugh. gross. It's <laughs> gross. Yeah, he's yet. got bloody hands. He hates Tintin. And he thinks Beauty and the Beast is based off the Broadway show. <laughs> what an asshole. This is kind of like therapy for you in yeah. a way, isn't it? That's
3: oh, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's all this is. I love you, <laughs>
2: Papa. Talking
3: about his jerking off to the Jungle Book and his, his I best I didn't. Friend, I was Snowy. talking about
2: wanting to jerk off to
3: <laughs> the Jungle Book. I Indeed. didn't do it. All right, so uh, Tintin, he smells adventure, and sure enough, adventure is on the way because a guy gets shot in his doorstep and uh, says you should go to the Cariboujin.
1: He's got he, his blood on he, his he hands the, and he
2: hits the thing in the he, newspaper. It's
1: not very much blood though. I mean that just guy got shot. shot. Yeah, like so
2: much. Just enough to finger well, some letters. you think he should just like explode like blood should just yeah, fly. Every, he should I believe just have this movie was rated hanging PG. out. I mean, come it's on. A, it's a Nickelodeon movie.
4: They did have people getting eaten by sharks. Uh it was, it was not gruesome, but it was That's kind true. Of That's true they're getting eaten by sharks. Sure. You
1: get bit by a shark, that water's going to get red.
2: And is there is well, there it's very
3: dark in
1: that scene?
2: Ben. Not really. Right is there right a, ch- a children's movie that is more centered around alcoholism than The Adventures of Tintin? I don't know.
1: It actually made me feel a little self conscious. about Yeah, you,
2: you you saw some
3: of yourself in Haddock. It did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's got a problem, and it's not just that he wants alcohol. It's like a self worth thing. That's what I like about it. It's not just a cartoon alcohol is alcoholic problem. Go ahead jump in. Sorry. Well, I was going to say like it's like the memory thing. You know.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, I, it made me, I was, like, on one hand feeling nostalgic for this kind of story, but then I'm also like, but what was
3: my childhood like? I don't remember.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, Ben, I think you had a back baseball cap and a slingshot, and you rode around on a skateboard, and you I think we shot remember. firecrackers oh, to like, police stations <laughs> or whatever the
2: fucking insane shit you did. Yeah. All you have to do is drink a bunch of whiskey, and then you can magically remember four generations past in your lineage. Well, excuse me, you
3: have to be in the desert. Oh, that's true. Right. So Tintin gets on the cariboujian. Because
2: the blood tells him. Mm-hmm. That
4: that's would have taken critical. a lot longer than any other clue he could have given. Because yes. that means he's like perpetually pointing, like poking his yeah, food yeah. to get it. and K-A like, hey, he hey, It's
2: a long name. And, and then yeah. the other thing is he has to find the appropriate letters in the right order. Right. Because Tintin isn't going to do like a fucking word jumble to be like, okay, cariboujian. Like that could end up being like four more obvious things. Right.
4: The, uh, I mean, and, and it's, it's an Armenian word, and it's not like that's a normal, that's not contingent. Belgian is his language. not, right. uh, not Well, yeah. French, let's be oh, French, French, right. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, right. I apologize.
3: Flemish, but I don't believe so. I don't think yeah. so either. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're right. It's uh, not a word that trips off the tongue, caribougin. Uh, but he finds it nonetheless. It's a boat. He leaves Snowy at home. He's like, let me get on this boat. But no, then he gets, like, kidnapped, right? Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes. He gets yes. kidnapped, like, right away by yeah. Alan. <laughs> uh, delivery for Mr. Tintin Yeah,
2: I didn't order anything uh, no the delivery is you yeah he takes
3: his time with Far it for him. yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets kidnapped by Alan, who's not in these books. He uh-huh. uh, But he is in the. No, but he's, in the, he's not in the he's unicorn. In he's in, in the different. crab with the golden claws. Right. right. Which but this they, book,
2: this movie incorporates a lot of golden claw stuff because that's yes. the Haddock origin yeah. meeting. Yes.
3: Exactly. And he's in other stuff too. Uh, yeah. He's a, a classic. But he Tyson was in She's Heavy. Out of My League. Yeah. He was in <laughs> She's Out of My League. He was in Just Like Heaven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a
2: DreamWorks uh, repertory player. Yeah. He's yeah. played
3: by Daniel Mays, who's like a Mike Lee guy. I love that it's all these Brits, you know, all these sort of like yeah.
2: C list. Brits. It's, it's great. pointy nose and a great coat. If only David good, Thoulis Good hat it, too. that would have been... Uh... Yeah, Thulis should have shown I up. I feel like Thulis could be a good calculus too. Thulis yeah. well,
3: Thulis could be a good, you know, uh, saccharine. Yes. I think Daniel Craig is good, just I do to too. be clear. I too. Yeah, I think he's really fun yeah. in this. It's just, I guess it's just an odd character. I, I just want more from the villain. I want yeah. the villain to really pop. Or to do more of a classic Tintin where it's like, there's not really a big villain. It's just like, the gears of drug smuggling or, you know, like, you know, it's just Tintin's just going up against, like, you know,
4: vice. Or the villain is actually revealed in six very text-dense panels (laughs) in a row where it's like, (laughs) and then it was because we were interested in this that we sent, and it's just that you're like, that are all the interior monologue of a dog. (laughs) Tintin Tintin ex machina, pretty much, is how they all end. Tintin was
2: kind of the original A Dog's Purpose.
4: (laughs) So no, all right, so
3: that'll have come out too, but I just saw a trailer for that. That's the dog keeps getting reincarnated? Uh-huh. So we have to see the oh, dog God. die over and over again? No. Yeah, they were
2: like, what if Marley and me <laughs> happen six times? <laughs> How the
3: fuck is that? And is the dog always called, like, Bailey or whatever the hell it all is? Yeah, and
2: every time the dog dies, you're like, maybe a new voice? Oh, no, it's still Josh Gad. I oh, will- it's Josh Gad? Is all of the dogs.
3: You'd have to, I'm a film critic, and you'd have to pay me $100,000 to see <laughs> that movie. I swear to God. I wouldn't do it. I, I would never. Do it if, if you put a gun in me, the one thing that makes you have to shoot me with the gun.
4: The one thing that makes me cry is watching a dog get injured in a movie. Yeah, right. He was injured. Uh, there was a dog injured in a VHS viral, uh, and hey. I almost lost it. VHS uh, viral. Sorry, no. Is that the third VHS. It is the, it is the third. I don't think I saw that one. It's I saw not, VHS two. Uh, it it was not very good. Which was. Uh, some it was called SVHS, wasn't it? They yes. said it was going to be, but, but then, then they, didn't. Didn't they retitled it. I was really yeah. into
3: it being called SVHS. I really want to shout out to... Should they do a Betamax? They should
4: do DVD.
3: <laughs> oh, DVD? That's a little crap. Laser disc.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, And the, oh God, there was a movie too with... uh Hit clips. <laughs> Real player. There was an 80s movie. I saw one scene... In which the dog, a dog dies. I just like I was flipping through channels. I saw a dog die. I had no context for it, and I just lost it. It's uh, tough with a dog dying. Yeah, I will never see this Josh Gad film. Uh, never, 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 uh, never. He's also in Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'll never see that film either. Because uh, no Josh dogs. Gad has, has ruined that for me as well. Yeah, uh, well by, because
2: let's say you're a big Angry Birds fan, and his <laughs> casting as Yellow really he's pissed you off. in the Angry off. Birds movie? Yeah. <laughs> if a guy like that hits gold and comes up with one iconic, like, voice-acted character that's going down in the annals of animation history, like one of the most merchandised that characters. fucking snowman? Yeah, but I'm, whether or not you love What's it, What's his name
3: like, again? Like, Claude or something?
2: It's, uh... uh you Ola. don't know what it is. Olaf! Ola. You, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. He's, like, very iconic. Yeah, sure. You'd think he'd be like, great, I got my one. Don't keep tapping that vein. You know, it's funny, though. I agree with
3: you, but it's funny how... All the kids I know who are into frozen, they're all yeah. fucking into frozen. Don't give me
2: kids fucking love Frozen. They like yeah. the
3: girls. They don't like the snowman or the boys or the moose or like all their iconography that they have, yeah. all their plates and the princesses bibs are and the big thing. Cups yeah. are the princesses. Should yes. I watch Frozen Guys? Yeah. Sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Do yeah. you want to build a snowman? Yeah. <laughs> okay, <well> then sounds <laughs> you like you want to watch Frozen. Oh, it's about
1: snowmen.
3: Well, there are snowmen involved. Yeah. I thought it was about death. Well, every Disney movie is a little yeah, bit about right. that. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's kind of about uh, learning to accept yourself for who you are, much, <laughs> much like any Disney movie. Yeah. Right? I don't
2: know. Uh, well, back on subject, uh, Snowy in this movie does the opposite of uh, dying. He he survives. Thank God. He They kidnap Tintin, but he's on the case, and he goes on a daring chase, and he cool. makes it's his own cool chase. way. And it's, it's a great example this of Spielberg is one- having the great untethered camera. Yeah, yeah, this is
3: one of, I guess, like three or four Action sequences in the film where halfway through you're like, you sort of it you finally dawns and you're like, right there the camera's not cutting, yeah, and it's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like yeah, like you're like
2: tracking along the top of a fire truck, and then it like when the jumps over to a different truck, you jump over with him. Right. I feel like the movie does a good job in very subtle ways of like approximating a human hand behind the camera. Right. Like without feeling like an over embellishment, there are like little shakes, and when they're like. In, uh, uh, on a boat, the camera, like, shifts a little bit in a way that isn't overly heightened, but it's like, oh, if there were a real camera operator here, the boat would be shifting and Mm -hmm. that, that stuff. Um... This is
3: an advanced version of what George Lucas was doing. You know, this is the kind of shit George Lucas is playing around with. 100%. Just in a, you know, not as good a way. And the Wachowskis are playing around with.
2: Well, and the Spielberg in, thing. In you know, the Matrix sequels. Yes. The Lucas thing was like, I want to control every element of a movie. I want to have a movie where I have complete control over it. And also I don't fucking, I, actors drive me crazy. Right? Sure. And this movie feels like the opposite where it's like Spielberg having complete control where he can design every single element but he doesn't go over the top. The movie moves fast, but it's not, like, insane in the way that Revenge of the Sith is. No. And it's also very performance-based. Like, it's a movie that, like, is people, like, giving these great, like, grand theatrical performances. Mm. Um, You
3: love this movie. I
2: do. But then there are also fucking things, like, when they're trying to, Thompson and Thompson are chasing after the pickpocket and he, like, runs into the woman, and then they pan over to him, and there are the birds flying around his head. And you're Yeah, like, right, that's good. Yeah. But oh, there that's the Looney Tunes thing, and it's like, they oh, no, are then there's real a guy birds. with a cage. The guy
3: comes with the net, and he sort of right. scoops them up very quietly. Yeah. I love that.
2: No, that's, like, such a Spielberg detail, and if he did that in live action, A, it would be impossible, or you'd B, think, it'd be CGI birds, and like, you. would oh, think this is you. too
3: cute even for Spielberg. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. but
2: he can get away with those cute things, or, like, once they're on the ship, the the on, um. There's the thing where they're going in, they're sneaking into the, the stocks to try to find the keys. Uh-huh. And when he goes in, the boat That's is shifting funny. back and forth mm-hmm. and there are rows of all these bunk beds
4: and all... Uh, sailors Love are that. shifting with it. like that stuff's like fucking cool. Love
3: that stuff. How do you feel about this stuff?
4: I man? like it, but that's where it would have been helpful to see it in on the big screen because when I'm sure. watching it on a you know my I admit the pedestrian 28 inch television. It's Ain't uh, nothing wrong with 28. That's right. It, it's fine, but it's like you a know, gentleman's TV it, size. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for a if for a nice uh, compact area. Um, Ooh, yeah, but you know you don't you don't get the so, the whole sense of like the you don't get the sense of the, the room at all. Yeah. you just sort of. Uh, so it would have been great if I'd seen it in the theater. But I, it was. A, It was a great scene. It's like really builds up a lot of nice tension.
3: Yeah, that scene is good because it's like, you know, Haddock sets the stakes. So we should, you know, he gets on the caribouge and he finds Captain Haddock, who's this drunkard who's technically like the captain, but he's just like a drunkard.
2: He thinks that he's locked into a room. Right, he's not even locked in a room.
3: And so Haddock wants to get the keys to the booze, and uh, Haddock says, like, okay, well, be careful. Don't wake any of these guys up. And he keeps being like, that guy, for example, he'll do this and like that.
4: Animal husbandry.
3: And so we've got the thing where, like, oh, Tintin needs to be quiet, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the boat's rocking around. They're all falling onto each other. None of them are waking up. Like, it's a funny little subversion of a set piece we might have seen many times. The, like, right. creeping around set piece, except, yeah, no, it's not, it's a...
2: And you get into this thing, like, we talk...
3: It's like a fun house.
2: Version. You know, in the Crystal Skull episode, like, I was talking about what I don't like about the the uh, sword fighting sequence, where Malt Williams is, like, standing between the two moving vehicles, and it's just, uh-huh. like, it feels so ungrounded because the actors feel so he's, disconnected. Right. so this, this is your
3: point, and I think it's a fair point. It's like, you're saying, with this, he's getting to do some of the shit, some of the tricks he's trying to mm-hmm. pull in Crystal Skull, they don't, They're they're... Don't work in Crystal Skull right. because, you know, it's oh, it's an uncanny valley in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Our eyes see and we do not believe. Yes. And in this, it's like, we're like, oh, we get it. This is fake. So we can be, you know, this is a cartoon. Right. So now we can accept these things.
2: And it's just about having a cohesive reality. Like Wizard of Oz looks fake as shit but it's heightened and stylized, and you accept the real actors in front of those real sets, and the stakes feel real to you, even yeah. though they don't feel like actual danger.
3: Mm-hmm. You know about The Wizard of Oz, though? What? Never on a Lloyd team. Never
2: on a Lloyd team. <laughs> yes. Love that callback. <laughs> this is your first time making that joke, and David, I'd like to grant you 100 comedy points. <laughs> oh,
3: my God, it was delightful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, boy. But this right. is an example of a movie
4: where they can he get away. He loves this movie, doesn't he? He does. I, I love it. I love, it. I love watching them. Love it. I, I do too. It's like I didn't. I, I'm surprised. I was not sure if I was going to get this much passion out of this uh, discussion, but mm-hmm. I should have known better from Griffin. It's fun. I, hey, I'm giving you the honor. As long <laughs> as you
3: like a movie, it's fun talking that movie with someone who knows it inside out. Yeah. Now, if I did not like Tintin, I might be like, "Jesus Christ! Every Wait, scene's a masterpiece right. with yeah. you guys. Like, come on, like Jesus. He's just getting the fucking keys. It's like not a, like you know Jacques Demi or whatever. Not, not like it's like, like a. It's like
2: It's like a it's like sparkling like. wine.
3: Uh huh. You know, light. Yeah, and like fun, fun, but it's
2: got an air sophistication to it, you know? Gives you a
3: bit of a headache if you look at it too long.
2: Sure. <laughs> it's a little creepy.
4: And My dad's it, not a fan. It mimics gunshots in the Tin yes, film. Yes,
2: yes. Um, but all those sort of things, it's like all these kind of cute Spielberg moments that he's able to earn by the movie's sort of like general kind of like charmed like tone of whimsy and the fact that he makes it like a visually cohesive universe. Yeah. Um. Tintin and Haddock, that he has to get the keys. And then, this is a major setup point. um, You know, risks his life seemingly to go in this room and steal the keys away. And then, because they have to go in the closet and get some supplies, they go in. What's the closet full of? Booze. Haddock only cares about booze. All he likes is booze. He put this young reporter at risk for booze. And immediately, ooh, here's the push and pull of Haddock and Tintin. Haddock, just a drunk, that's all he cares about. Is a drunk. He's got mm. a chip on his shoulder, right? Mm. I think he wants to prove people wrong, right? But he is a drunk, right. first no, and he's foremost.
1: Self-loathing and
2: right. He's self loathing. He's making up for. He's compensating it with the bottle. And Tintin yeah. is a young boy of endless empathy, but doesn't particularly care for Haddock. But he needs Haddock because he can tell that Haddock's part of this bigger story somehow, and that it's connected to the legacy of his family.
3: Yes, but I think also Tintin. He's you know he's like a pain in the ass friend who wants to like help you out you know what yeah. I mean like he, he loves a project Haddock's like a fun project for him like yes. Tintin only Tintin could look at this man and think I can get this guy off the sauce it's kind anyone of else just looks comedy. at Haddock and is like oh he's a you know desolate drunk right. like all I'm gonna do with this guy is either ignore him or uh, manipulate him
4: but, but he
2: gazes longingly into Haddock's little beady eyes and goes I can fix him
4: but he doesn't do it for any other reason besides the fact he wants to further his story sure. he doesn't do it because of his love of Haddock no at that point I think doesn't... the love develops yeah
2: yeah, it does. Yeah. And,
3: and Haddock definitely drives Tintin up the wall, and they have one moment where Tintin's, you know, kind of belief in him shatters.
2: Yeah, which I think is well played.
3: I do, too, because it's not too big a deal. Mm-hmm. And they get right back together. It's not like they split apart for a while. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, Tintin's on board.
2: Right. So Tintin and Haddock escape. They get out in a little lifeboat.
3: Yeah, there's a whole, chase. They whole give chase. crazy yeah. fucking fight scene with yeah. guns going everywhere. They're running up and down
4: stairs. Go good, ahead, Joe. Good use of the camera there because you never know. I mean, it follows him on multiple decks, and you, but you mm. never feel like it's doing anything impossible.
2: Yes, this movie also, I, I think it has um, really, really good cinematic geography,
4: you know? Uh, yes, except for later in the film, uh, the the crane scene at the end, I thought was... But gets we'll a, get little, gets it. a little wacky. Yeah, yeah, well... we'll but we'll like stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like the crane that. scene I don't like.
2: You can tell that mm-hmm. he's not taking shortcuts and the boat is
4: built... Fully,
2: within that computer, and when you're tracking through these rooms, it's
4: like every every room makes sense. Every the layout is is totally well realized, which
2: is yeah,
3: that's very true to Tintin. Yeah, Yeah. pro ship obsessed with pro uh, ship, (laughs) very pro ship. It's not not a Smith ship, no. Let's be clear, it's the Cariboujin.
2: Yeah, Jimmy Smith would be a good Professor Calculus. Oh baby, I mean, you're just
3: sort of naming actors in their 40s and 50s who are good. (laughs) Smith has (laughs) got to be in his 60s though by now. Yeah. Yeah, he must
2: be. Jimmy Smith? But he's aging like a fine, sparkling wine.
3: Jimmy Smith is
2: 61 years old. That's <laughs> Wow. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's even crazier he's <laughs> never on Lloyd's scene. So, um, Tintin there was, there was and an an Ellen, There
4: There's an Ellen Barkin Jimmy Smith movie that just came up. <laughs> Switch? Uh, yeah. It just came up. Uh, I was going through Laserdiscs I own. Uh, uh-huh. sure. And I was like, oh, there's Switch. I don't know anything about this. And I put it back. And then moments later, Luisa Diaz, who's a comedy producer, Tweeted one of my favorite movies, *The Switch*. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Because that's, nobody ever talks. I about believe this. that was so
2: Blake Edwards' joint.
4: The last it? Blake
2: Edwards movie. Is it the last perhaps? one? It's it's Jimmy Smits no. who's like a chauvinist pig is reincarnated in Ellen Barkin's body. Really? Yeah. Huh.
3: He made um he made *Son of the Pink Panther*. Oh. That was his oh. last. That was his that's last. Not the one a... with Benigni. I
2: Never end on Benini. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say about filmographies. Never end on Benini. They, they do say that. Yeah. Um. And that's why Benini is is doomed. Uh, Benini is doomed? His last film will have to be a Benini movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's true. no way around it. Well, what if he directs but doesn't act in it? It's still a Benini movie. It's a Roberto Benini picture. Mm. A film by Roberto Benini. You're not wrong. Poor,
4: Poor
3: Roberto Benini. I'm looking at Roberto Benini's. Well, I'm thinking about like... Yeah, it's he's funny. in that Woody
2: Allen movie. He was really good in that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good he actor. Was, he was great in Night on Earth.
4: It was, uh, oh, yeah. it was very the, charming. Back He's in the good day, the in the
2: in the Jarmusch films, yeah. I would have given him a Best Supporting Actor, Griffey, for, uh, to Rome with Love. The, the the award or just a nomination? Nomination. Okay. Nomination. <laughs> Come on. I'm not crazy. Uh, I think that same year I would have given uh, a, a Haddock a Best Supporting Actor. I don't remember when To Rome with Love came out. It probably came out later. Um, uh,
3: Rome with Love's the next year, right?
2: So, yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so Tintin and Haddock escaped into a life. I had it played by
3: Andy Circus, yeah. to be clear. Really good. Jackson an alum. Yeah. He is good. Yeah. It's it's the kind of role he he kicks ass at. Yes. Uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't always love circus, but I I think he's great in this.
2: Uh, he gets to be funnier in this than I feel like he usually does. He often sure. plays characters mm-hmm. that are comedic but are not like are are humorous rather but not comedic. Yeah. This he gets to really make use of like uh, comic timing and line delivery. Mm-hmm. Um My dad loved Haddock. I'll say this. Like, once Haddock showed up, my dad started laughing a lot. Haddock's a
3: pretty lovable character. Yeah,
2: he just thought this guy was funny. He liked every time he reached for the bottle. (laughs) Um, They get in the boat and immediately Tintin seeing, like, oh, fuck, this Haddock guy starts a fire in the boat because he's cold drinking liquor like this is a nightmare yeah, nightmare
3: and, and this is also you know this is the beginning of haddock realizing like god like what's happened to me i don't no. remember the story of the haddock family i don't have my boat anymore i am a you know yeah i'm a seaman but i'm i'm burning the oars of the like
2: lifeboat like what kind of a able seaman does that right yeah, my only friend is some kid with a hair
4: poop <laughs> <laughs> it's you know the comic drunkenness plays off a lot better in the comics though that is true uh, because it's like it's it's a lot more funnier when you have a guy like with he's, sort of like drunk lines coming out drunk of his lines head or like, like a little spinny
3: circle. Yeah, and he's
4: sort of like frozen in like some sort of like obviously off kilter pose. But when he's actually in motion, it seems a little bit more like the stakes are high, and you're just like, oh, that's really kind of sad.
3: He's but, an aggressive man, right? He's an aggressive yeah, man. Right.
2: Well, that's what I kind of like about
3: this movie is that no, I know what you mean. It's it's weird.
2: It, it, it's weird, certainly, like, but also that like in the comics, they're able to play his drunkenness as more of just, like, a frivolous, like, funny Mm. character detail. And in this, because they were aware that, like, portraying this character dramatically and spending an hour and a half with him, you're going to get sad about the fact that he's drunk all the time. Without it becoming, like, flight, this movie does become about, like, Haddock having to figure out how to fucking, like, take Mm. his life back. Yeah. You know? Like, they make his alcoholism a problem rather than just, like, oh, yeah, that's Haddock. He's the drunk.
4: Yeah. The, uh, but... Back on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Their uh, oars are on fire. Yes. Haddock is like, oh, what have I done? Uh, then all of a sudden, uh, the boat is upside down. They have uh, extinguished the fire, and they spot a plane in the distance. They're rescued. Or are they? Uh, 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 oh, oh, they're shooting at cool. them. Cool
2: yellow plane.
4: Yeah. Very uh,
2: English patient. Tintin pulls out his gun. Bad news, we only have one bullet. What's the good news? We have one bullet.
3: Yeah, it's sort of a- Cool! Yeah, he's, he's rarely yeah. cool, but this is a line where he's suddenly like, I'm going to be cool.
4: Tintin's my boy.
3: He shoots that plane out of the air. Yeah. yeah. In a uh, way, but
4: he shoots it in a way that's easy to repair the plane yes. later, which is even better.
3: Right, he just, yeah, that's true, he causes engine trouble that is fixable.
4: And
2: then Haddock's like, can you fly this? And he's like, yeah, I trained to be a pilot. Tintin's gotten a lot done for like a 16-year-old. Uh, Tintin His, Tintin seems to have gone to like four vocational schools. Right yeah. but I mean the yeah.
3: joke is he's like yeah I know how to fly a plane and yeah. you're like he doesn't really. But I, he figured, identify, he's good at everything. Yeah.
2: yeah, They get in the plane, they identify oh boy here's some like medical alcohol this, this keeps happening. Very, this yeah. this Very, is something that is
3: if even, like, because there's moments in this movie that are more cartoonish than the cartoon. Yes. Like, at no time in the cartoon does Haddock burp alcohol into a plane's fuel, like, a, a fuselage. Yeah, to but, make it go.
2: But that's true. I basically agree. It just, you
3: couldn't pull that off. It's just funny that you couldn't couldn't. put that off in the book.
2: That's very, that's very Spielberg y. And it gets into the like the funhouse Spielberg of like, what are like exciting Rube Goldberg contraptions I can set up? If this guy's drunk and the plane is running out, then what do you do? He breathes in the plane. Um, But also, the plane's flipping upside down. And so they're in like zero G and the alcohol's flying in the sky and he's able to like drink it like a fucking astronaut. Um, And uh, yeah, this is, I guess. I mean, they. It, it's yes. Yeah, it's, it's a thrilling landing, and had to to get up on the engine. Tintin thinks he still has the alcohol. Right. Pour it in instead. He has to breathe into it. You go to inside the motor. You see it spark up. Land, not ready to land yet. No land, and then they crash, and then now they're in the desert.
4: Right. True. The land of thirst. The land of th- the land of the thirst. Land of thirst. Which, which is a movie that didn't, mirages. They didn't make that, uh, that line didn't make, was in the book, didn't make the they movie. Make you, in now, the, the book, great. they say it all the time. It's great. It yeah. is It's great. like the land of thirst. It's just like, and you could just see, like, feel his desperation. When the yeah. It's the best. Yeah, the I love thirst. that.
3: That was those books introduced me to the idea of mirages, which I thought were like more of a problem when I was a kid. Like, I thought, <laughs> thought that was something that like, you'd have to deal with all the time. That like, quicksand, yeah. mirage, yes,
2: yeah. yes, yes. Right, it's like that millennium joke about quicksand. Yeah. It's like mirages seem to be like omnipresent. They're like, and, like it's a
3: mirage. Like, be careful. And I'm like, yeah. it is that. It's just when you think you see water and you don't, right? Well, like, in
2: Looney Tunes, there was always a thing where people would think that someone else was
4: food. That's they'd true. They look at someone and they turn to like a T-bone stage. That's true. In the book, they do that with uh, Tintin and it turns into a bottle of wine.
3: He turns into alcohol.
4: And Captain Haddock is going to unscrew, the, unscrew yeah, his head. It's actually quite nightmarish, right? Because yeah, Tintin's head is the cork. And it's like a oh, really like... scary, it is a really scary image. It's yeah. like his Haddock looks so like yeah. It's so good. Great. Yeah. And weird. the scariest part is he was only a port. <laughs> That's the scariest part, wasn't it? Only a. Support. By the way, I don't, I'd like to apologize. I don't mean to be like crapping on. I don't want to seem like I'm crapping on it every time I say in the mooc they did no, this. No, no, no. But no. it is one of those things where I, I feel like there were some maybe some missed opportunities, and maybe some things that they just couldn't translate very well. They were, as you
3: said, and I love the Griffin. Book. They're yeah. going for adventure. Yes. This movie is kinetic. It never really stops. Like, you know, it's just like they just collide from one adventure to the next.
2: It's sort of a long chase. I mean, Tintin puts together pretty quickly. Eventually they get
3: picked up by the French Foreign Legion. Right. Right. You know, like. Oh, yeah.
2: Because we forgot to mention the whole thing that the silver capsule underneath turned out to be the scroll. That has the message Tintin on it. Tintin has a
3: scroll with right. like a mysterious message on it. Right, and some weird markings. Brothers. Yeah. Right.
2: And there were three brothers th- to the Rackham family. Yeah, uh,
3: No, to the Haddock family.
2: Right, friends. right. Yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. Haddock right. is the only surviving member of the bloodline. Right. right. They need to unite the three scrolls to then get the secret measure. So Sacchin's got
3: one scroll, yes. Tintin's got one scroll. The third scroll is in Morocco, where they go.
2: Bulletproof glass.
3: Behind bulletproof glass. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, so there's, yeah, this is the French Foreign Legion. That's the whole sequence where Haddock finally sobers up and recalls, like, the history of— That happens in the desert, too, where he's recalling— In the desert, yes.
2: He's drunk, and the heat's getting to him, and he starts remembering— Halfway through You've the story, he cuts got those cool images
3: out. of like the the, the boat coming yes. over the sand dunes, and the sand dunes turns into water. He likes those. Like again, Spielberg's having fun. Those weird transitions. The transitions are good. The handshake that turns into So cool. That the handshake that them. turns into like the car driving down the mm. road. And, and then stuff. there's
2: the part where the puddle went when Thompson and Thompson are walking, right? Right. Uh, like it, Tintin and uh, Haddock stranded in the middle of the sea turns into a puddle that Thompson Thompson walk over. Yeah, that stuff's fun. It's just Spielberg having I, fun look, with the I cinematic think it's language.
3: Great. I think it's great. I love the boat, the the the, the pirate shit. Pirate shit's where the boats awesome. are like tangled yeah. together, yeah, think, and like yeah. that's great action. I don't know.
4: It is, and it I seems. Feel like I'm trying to win Joe over. No, I I agree with that. I mean, that was actually a really compelling thing. With the the two masts were yes, intertwined. Tangled. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, and then it's like it actually seemed viable. It was not. It was cartoony enough to seem exciting and viable enough to seem like you could leave it and scary
2: right. i mean like the flames and the boats yeah. are
4: sideways you see people falling they're off. running up the mass and yeah like to to get on board the other ship it was yeah it was kind of it was that was scary the, yeah. the sea stuff it's
2: like was upsetting actually, yeah. it's got real weight to it and yep. then yeah then like haddock halfway through the story peter's out it can't remember the rest of it right but then he completes it they get him to a hospital yeah he's drinking water he's like what the fuck is this thing they're like water ha 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 great bit <laughs> really good bit. Haddock gets 10 comedy points. So the nurse is like, oh, Mr. Haddock, 10 comedy points. <laughs> um, and then uh, they're like, oh, fuck, what do we, how do we get the rest of the story? We're so close to this. Snowy is like, let me, let me sneak some alcohol in there. Snowy gives him some really high-grade medicinal alcohol. Yeah. And Haddock freaks out, thinks he's on the ship currently. Yeah. And there's a fun sequence. Fun. Yeah. When Haddock is like... Fighting everyone like they're yeah. pirates and that's they're right trying to like the, that's right from the blast. Right. Yeah. They they can't stop him because mm-hmm. they and need to Tintin get the rest of the is, story. He's is trying
3: to coax the story out of him. Right.
2: right. Talk him through it. There's the nice moment where he's like, I need more drink. And then he's like, but then you remember. Yes. Tintin narrates the story to him to remind him he doesn't need to.
4: Remember. He's right like he's raising the, the bottle around right his of his lips. Right. And then he decides that he's not yep. going to yeah. Finishes now, the story. I will yep. say
2: this
1: about yes. the drinking, like like sort of like inducing his flashback or whatever.
2: Uh-huh. I feel like it missed out on using Inagata Vida.: Yes. That is a very good point, Ben. That is a very good point. That if I had one thing. complaint with this movie, that is the one I would throw out. Great. Uh, Stevie, if you're listening, I don't know, maybe do a special edition with that one change. I would love Stevie to be listening. Yeah, me too. Um, so now Tintin puts together the missing piece. Red Rackham <laughs> with saccharines, great ancestor. This is an old, bitter blood war. And the treasure. Yeah,
3: this is not in the books. The
2: golden unicorn yeah. is at the bottom of the sea. That's what they're looking for. Unite the three scrolls, you'll get the coordinates, you can find this treasure. Tintin and Haddock will be rich, which is important because Tintin clearly <laughs> will need
3: some money. Needs some money. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, well there's yeah, so there's the whole set piece at the uh the Amir's, you know, where the ben, Bianca Castafier, yes, Ben Salad yep. and Bianca Castafier, they're dropping in these characters from the Classics. books. Yeah. Who are maybe not as involved in these stories, but you know, give them a little cameo. In, uh, in the books, he's an opium smoker
4: and not yeah. uh, not, not just a, a, a patron of the arts. Yeah,
2: yeah, Tintin, a lot of opiates in those opiates <laughs> Hey man, opiates it was the thirties. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, bulletproof glass. She's a, a soprano. She hits the high note.
3: Uh, yes, she sings her famous song from Faust. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she breaks the glass and every all the glass. That's a good scene. I like that. But even before funny.
2: that, Haddock it's hurt in his ears. Yeah, for whatever reason, because he's got like dog hearing. Mm, I don't know. So he runs <laughs> makes out. Makes sense to me to he's... get out of the room. And he runs into the other two guys. He figures it out right.
3: uh, uh-huh.
4: the scroll. And then the the uh, the two guys are coming after him. Yeah, he gets out of his bottle to take a swig. Oh, the right. the, the scroll almost flies away. He puts down the bottle, grabs the. That's the, the moment the which I
3: really like. I agree. I, I like that he has his little uh, unseen, like moment of personal victory here. Right,
2: but yeah. then immediately it's flipped back on him because the two guys come after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, hit t- him with the Tintin bottle. Tintin
3: thinks so. Oh, he went for the bottle, and you know, over can the scroll, smell it on I can you, smell it on yeah. him.
2: So now Haddock really wants to prove to Tintin.
3: Well, then we kick off the final. No, not the final. The penultimate and best set piece. Yes. That this is incredible. The, the car like, chase in the jeep. Right. Haddock's got the bazooka and he blows up the hotel behind him, so right. the hotel like starts careening down the street with them. And like the
2: hotel is like on top of a tank, Tintin, so it's like a vehicle. Right. Yeah. Tintin's
3: on the motorcycle. They're not in a jeep. What am I talking? It's in the motorcycle. With the the side motorcycle car. with the sidecar. Right. Right. Haddock's in a dress. Yes. And like yeah. there's the whole thing where the motorcycle comes apart and Tintin like goes down the clothes line with one of the yeah. wheels and the ah. But it's And like, it's an unbroken shot.
2: It's unbroken shot and it's like three scrolls. That's all you gotta do is get three scrolls. So you're just keeping track of all these characters and it'll move perspective throughout the sequence. Like sometimes you're following saccharine, sometimes you're following uh Tintin, sometimes you're following Hacks, sometimes you're following Snowy, sometimes you're hollow following that motherfucking eagle. Yeah. Which
3: you uh, Right, there's the, the eagle that's like an eagle.
2: Yeah. Right. yeah. And I'm not talking about Glenn Frey. I'm talking about a real eagle. Isn't it Fry? Yeah, probably he's dead. Um, he was in Jerry McGuire. Rest in peace. He was in Jerry Maguire. He was? Rest in peace. Yeah. He's uh he's like the the
3: the manager of the uh, Arizona Cardinals or whatever. Oh. It's an odd role. We didn't even mention it on the podcast, but he's in it. Yeah. I mean, he's got like three scenes.
2: Um so uh they're chasing He's one is scrolls. like in a Yeah, on the phone. Yeah.
4: What well, what well, weirder <laughs> uh I think the weirdest uh, the weirdest uh, uh, cameo I can think of it, cinematically though is uh when Michael Bay plays the leader of the Frat Boys in Mystery Men. It's a very strange...
3: (sighs) We were just talking about Mystery Men. It's been coming up a lot. I totally forgot about that. I
2: rewatched it like a couple weeks ago. I love it. Michael Bay. How self-aware is
3: Michael Bay? Uh, That's a good question. That's the question. I hate...
2: Maybe it's a question we'll answer soon. Uh... Mm. Mm. Michael Bay... Actually, pretty good mystery man. He's only got the one line, but he delivers it well. Michael Bay is here? pretty
3: handsome yeah. and pretty charming. Like yeah. when you see, because he does those ads sometimes where he's like, "I'm Michael Bay," and like, "I don't want to do an insurance ad, like unless you blow it up or right. whatever." And right. you know, it's like, "Oh, ha ha ha, Michael Bay." That's what he does, right? Yeah. But he's like, he's not stiff. He's he's decent. I forgot that he's a mystery man. Another reason for me to check back in. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite Kel Mitchell joint. <laughs> <laughs> Better than Good Burger. Yes. Whoa. Yes. It is better love, than Good Burger. I
4: also love Good Burger.
2: Yeah, better than Clifford's big movie?
3: I have not seen Clifford's big movie.
2: <laughs> okay. Kel well, Mitchell's a voice in that. Kel <laughs> <Cal> Mitchell is uh Kel Mitchell! He's a bummer, uh,
3: that one. Kel yeah, Mitchell. Well, let's
2: not go down this corridor. Oh, Jesus. Oof. It's Clifford's really big movie. Okay. I mean, some props for. I played T Bone. <laughs> Yeah. He's
3: ninth build. Oh, oh boy. Kel. Oh the mighty of fallen. It's just so crazy that Keenan is like now like one of SNL's most like he right, he's become like a pantheon SNL yeah, guy. Right, yeah. And Kel is is uh it's just...
2: He's on a Nickelodeon show where he plays. Not that
3: Keenan isn't funnier yeah. than Kel. He is funnier than Kel. There's no disputing that.
2: Yeah, but Kel was kinda of funnier when you were ten.
3: Kel was funny when you were 10, but then when you're, in my opinion, even when you're 12, you're watching Kenan and Kel, you're like, this Kenan guy is amazing. Well,
2: it's like the Three Stooges. Yeah. When you're young, you're watching like Curly. When you're a teenager, you're watching Mo. When you get older, you watch Larry and you're like, Larry is the Larry's one. Larry's
3: the fucking smart
2: one. He's the glue, man. He's the glue. Holds it all together. He's the fucking glue. Uh, thrilling chase. It's tough to even talk about because it's just, it's a visceral, purely visual sequence of joy. Uh, our, uh, my friend, uh, Simra Gal. Uh, a future past guest. He um always says to me because he doesn't like Tintin. I'm always fucking talk about Tintin when I'm drunk. He says like, "What's so impressive about that shot? Anyone can
4: make something in one shot if it's CGI." And
2: It's like no,
4: that's I mean you can, but it's like it, it doesn't look. No, it doesn't have the same look. You don't. I mean, the only thing I mean, I'm glad you said that about the hotel blowing up the hotel. Mm. I didn't know where the hotel came from. Right. I could never. I couldn't quite figure that out. That now it makes sense. Right. But the whole thing like besides that. Like is pretty, pretty Seemence. coherent.
3: I yeah. think you're right about the yeah. You need, you, it's it's you need to pay a little more attention to get why the hotel then slides sure. down after them. Yes,
2: but the but the point isn't like no. Well, that's amazing. It's ridiculous how, to say how like they have a camera You need to be strong, strong right, right. enough
3: to do a good shot. I mean, it's not about like tenacity and stamina. It's about, it's about how about well fucking... designed that sequence yeah, is, and, and that Christ. the sequence
2: has so many. Who are these idiots? Ins- it's oh, this Sam is Sam,
3: Regal. Sam Regal. Banned. No, no longer more. a future guest no more appearances until he Past reevaluates that only. position <laughs> exactly
2: uh, it's just such a well organized sequence that has so many good like story beats in it like there are exciting like reversals of who you thinks about to grab the thing and where they're going and it's also it's so geographically laid out where it's like you see them traversing all the space and you understand where everyone is in relation to each other even though they're covering a lot of land it fucking rules and then this movie does a thing i really like which is that ends they're reunited with Thompson and Thompson. Sure. They find the the wallet, so they have that scroll now. Yeah. You know, all that shit.
4: Uh-huh. And
2: then they go like, wait a second. I know where they're going. We know how to get there. Right. Well, how do we get there? There's a plane. We could get there before them. And then the movie just cuts to everyone being there at the Denouement. Agreed with that. Here's what I don't like yeah. that the movie does. What? Follows its best set piece with the easily its worst set piece.
3: Agreed. And the Denouement set piece sucks, unfortunately. And sure. I do think that it was kind of like, it was either that they thought cr- c- warring cranes was going to be a good idea or they were just kind of out of ideas. I mean, And they were like, what happens at a shipyard? I don't know.
2: Cranes. Yeah, and it's like a, you know, it's a heightening of the sword fight. It's not, it makes, it's no good.
4: It's no good. It's it, confusing. It was like, it is confusing. it's confusing. It's loud. It's a mess. I watched it. Uh, I wasn't paying enough attention the first time. The second time I paid closer attention, I still didn't make a lot of sense.
2: Um, Oh, this is, I mean, what I think the movie should have done. I forgot to say that the way the chase sequence ends is Tintin is holding onto the three scrolls, holding them up to the light. They're all aligned. He can see the message that the three combine to, which are the longitude and latitude of the sunken treasure. But the hawk is holding onto it. The eagle, whatever fucking bird it is. Uh-huh. And Sakharin's like, I'll throw fucking Haddock and- and I snowy. Think, I think we
3: need to get to the Denmark. <laughs> this is the end. This is okay, the end. Okay. Okay. But the
2: point is, Tintin has to choose his friends over. Of course, that. and he picks his. He lets them go, so but then they, the movie just goes like, we don't need to see how he gets there. Let's just let gets him get there. there. You track
3: him to
4: back to London. I or feel like Belgium, he clearly, or wherever, but he clearly stole form. that plane.
2: Like yes, the thing is, yes, like he did.
4: yes, he They did. don't talk about that. Like uh, they don't say, oh, there's our answer right there. That plane that somebody clearly that is not us own.
2: Well, Tintin's a thief and a murderer, the right. movie doesn't discuss that. <laughs> much. Um, I I would say if I had any constructive criticism for the movie. I would say once they cut to uh them landing at the docks and the final showdown with saccharine, rather than being a fight, I would skip to the sort of emotional payoff. Right. Of, which is
3: how the book works. Right. The whole point of the book is it's like, hey man, you know, we actually had to just end up where we started, which is like the treasure was here all along. It was in right. Marlin Spike in the old haddock house. But it's also and they, It's in the basement. Like that's this, where it always has been.
2: They get into this fucking construction crane fight and then once they're the fight's over, then they're both just Standing level on a boat yeah. talking <laughs> right before they like settle it, and you know, Haddock like uses the bottle to hit, yeah, Sakharin, So it's like, for once, he's prioritized. Fine, that's fine. I would just skip straight to that, yeah. And then, uh, Sakharin goes, But still, I have the scrolls, Tintin grabs it from everything's great. Haddock goes, uh, My ship, the boom, done, fun. And then, uh, yeah, they got the coordinates, they go, they follow them. Uh, oh, what's this? It's the house. It's the mansion, Saccharin's mansion, which he snuck into earlier in the movie because he was looking for his stolen. But it's really ship. a Haddock house. Mm. Mm. And that butler, Nestor. Oh, he was really he was on kind of, team Haddock the whole time. Uh, okay, sure, yes. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> Nestor. Something they set up forty-five seconds earlier <laughs> when he says, well, "You, you don't, don't really pay, pay me, at me anything." All, yeah. yeah.
3: All right. Anyway,
2: they go down. They. You know, I,
3: I already explained it. They, they, get the they get the treasure. I like the they idea the that Haddock, you know, knows what button to push on the globe because he's a a good naval man who gets that that's not an island. That must be a button.
2: Yeah, and I, I al- like that. I also like that now they have like a fucking Batman setup where it's like here's their butler, here's yeah, their mansion. Right, that's how, they can now afford anything. Right. Mm-hmm. That's how
3: Tintin then works from then on. Right. Tintin lives in Marlinspike with yeah. Haddock and Calculus when Calculus shows up. And yeah, it's like, They have a lot of Uh, pillow fights. Yeah, right. What do they do? I don't know. They have money. Don't worry about it. You know, like, it's fine. That's no. Oh, sorry.
2: Let's continue living in our asexual universe and chasing uh, adventure.
3: Right. No one in Tintin is ever sexual except Calculus has a crush on Cassifuri. That's the only, like, romance that ever plays out in Tintin.
2: Calculus's Wikipedia page makes a point of noting that he's the only sexual character (laughs) in the (laughs) entire Tintin universe. That's pretty funny. Of
3: either gender. I guess with Cassifuri, she always has, like, suitors, but they're not really, like, uh, you know, romantic interests. No,
4: no. (laughs) <laughs> they make but in the in the movie they actually she insinuates that she and uh and Sakharin are boning.
2: Yeah, there's also that scene where she fucks Snowy, which is weird.
4: <laughs> no, but it, I mean she does say like yes. uh, we have a he's a very passionate yeah, uh, that's right. patron of the arts. No, and thank it's just you. like just like, whoa, how do they have uh, how do they have the time for that? Like what I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, they had the time. They had some off-screen. Sex. They good did for them, it. Yeah. yeah, Craig and, the, and maybe, whoever plays. Uh, maybe he's her. only a minute Kim man, Stengel, you know? <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, he might be one minute man.
2: Yeah, one minute man. Uh, so that's the Adventures of Tintin, the greatest film ever made. Yeah,
3: there. It's a good movie. Uh, they're set.
2: It's an <laughs> you can see Griffin sure. right
3: now. He's got the mic in his lap, and he's just crouched over like a dumb baby.
0: <laughs> Number one on my sight and sound list.
3: I think Tintin's great. Yeah. Do you, I mean, I guess I'm trying to, you're trying to win me over. Right. At a certain point, if you watch a movie enough times, you almost, it's almost like, do I even think this is a great movie, capital G, capital M, or is it just one of my favorite movies? Yeah. And I don't know where you fall in this regard. Like, if you made a top 10 of 2011, would Tintin be number one, or would it be? No, it wouldn't.
2: No, honestly, if we're being honest here, it wasn't my 10, it wasn't number one. I think 2011 Master was my number one.
3: Uh, I'm trying to, I'm just looking at some of the movies. Uh, you've got The Master, of I course, think The Master was my said. number one.
2: I think Moneyball was number two. Uh, no, wait, no. The Master's 2012. Oh, really? Yeah. So in right. 2011, I don't, I don't know what my number one was. It wasn't Tintin. I'll be got, honest with you. You got Margaret. So that was my oh, number Margaret one. Oh, Margaret was my number one. That's my number got, one of the decades. of right.
3: Life is a movie from that year. Below Money Tintin Ball. for me. Moneyball was above. Uh, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy.
2: So Margaret would have been my number one. Hugo. Moneyball would have been my number two. I don't like Hugo. Drive. Melancholia. Colia, those films probably would have been in my ten below Tintin. Martha Marcy May Marlene is a film I like a lot. Good movie w- was probably number four or five. Shame, since it was maybe my three or four. Sure, that's good. Good movie. So you like it pretty a lot. high. Yeah. Do you want to nice. hear about the box office game? Uh,
3: yeah. Good. I guess we won't do it for Warhorse.
2: Oh yeah, this is gonna have to cover it for both. Yeah, oh, this will
3: wow. be it because War Opens at number seven. Okay. With $14.5 million and eventually. Good, we will good horse movie. Good yes. Yes. horse good, movie. Good money for a horse. It eventually grosses $79 million. Tintin, Tintin opens number five, yeah. $15 million, makes $77 million. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's almost like they released two movies and they made half the money one movie yeah. could make.
2: It feels like one of them would have made one fifth. So Tintin
3: yeah. is number five at the box office. Okay. And this is Christmas 2011. Number one jumps. Uh, after some limited release, it expands, and it jumps to number one in okay. its second week of
2: release. So this has to be your so, favorite of the franchise. Correct. Mission Impossible, Ghost Prot. Ghost Protocol. Uh, which had a limited release only in IMAX theaters. Correct. Opened well, but yes. then finally went wide and opened bigly. It
3: opened bigly. It's made $76 million at this point. On route uh, to 220. On the route to two hundred nine million oh, seven hundred seven hundred worldwide. Yeah. My number two or three of that year, for sure. One of my favorite movies. Lower than Ten Ten for me. Ever made, no. Uh, number two is a sequel hmm. to another Christmas movie. Hmm. The end of a franchise that has not not been continued.
2: <laughs> Little Fockers. No.
3: Really? No. I was so confident on that swing. You were swing. very confident.
2: That was 2010. Okay. I think
3: you might be right, yes.
2: 2011. Christmas franchise has not been continued. No,
3: it's the second in a two-film series.
2: And did people feel like it was maybe going to keep going?
3: Mm, I don't think so. The, the passion wasn't there. The movie makes 186 domestic, 545 worldwide. There's no reason not to make another one.
2: Live action or animated? Live action. Is it a family movie? Mm, not really. It's not like an really. action movie, oh, kind oh, of. Oh, 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 oh. I was thinking too literally when you said Christmas movie. You mean it was yeah, just a, not, a Christmas franchise? Yeah. Yes, it's Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows. Correct. Okay.
3: Number three is a movie. Yeah, weird
2: that all they all the haven't time. made a third one of that.
3: I think Downey Jr. is just busy and yeah. doesn't want to do it. Uh, The third one is a movie you talked about way too much on this podcast. I don't think you've seen it.
2: I haven't. No. It is called... <laughs> he knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. Alvan? Yeah. <laughs> El
3: Chiment? Uh-huh.
2: Sheep Rick.
3: Great. Yep. Uh, it's made $56 million in two weeks. It will make 133 domestic. And you were right. I have not seen it. Is that the one that's not Walt Becker?
2: Yeah, that's the one directed by Mike Mitchell, who did uh, Sky High. Correct. He made one great movie, and did, then now makes Trolls. Did you see any of the Alvin movies, or no? I've seen one in four. There's- Wait, well, you haven't seen two? The Squeakquel? No, I haven't seen the Squeakquel. Okay. So the first one, it fucking sucks. That one's by Tim Hill. Did not mm-hmm. see the second one, which was directed by Betty Thomas. Uh, okay. Skipped the third
3: one, which was directed by Mike Mitchell. And that's the one where it was like David Cross is in it, but he's in a full suit, the whole, like a full costume the whole time. But they still made him like be in the movie and like be on like a fucking boat for three months or whatever, yes, right? Yes, that is shipwrecked
2: yes. in which he's in a costume. And then the, once they finally get shipwrecked and the movie becomes, I shit you not... A Lord of the Flies remake. Oh, mm-hmm. uh huh. Then Hello. the costume comes off, and it's revealed that that guy who's been in a costume for the first two thirds of the movie is was David Cross, it was. Right. right? Right. James. Slate and is he in was nice like,
3: well. "I can't just show up at the island part. Like, you can't just have a guy. Anyway, it yeah. Happen. But that that was... you know,
2: neutralize that argument." When he went on all the talk shows and complained about that producer who wouldn't let him out by calling her a dirty Jew.: Oh
3: uh, yeah, well he, oh, he, I forgot about He's the dirty Jew himself, David Cross. Yeah, he is. still not a great bit.:
4: <laughs> True. David Cross has done some bad bits yeah, in that. A Bad time. bit.: Yeah, um, it was a very weird I remember that was like that was the, I don't even remember that part of it, but I remember he was very vocal about not liking that movie and not liking having been in that movie. Every single weird. press appearance
2: he did for that movie, he complained about the movie and the producer, and he named her. His
3: fourth, of number four at the box He's office.
4: He's got a lot of work since then, hasn't he? Yeah, a yeah, yeah. ton. Uh,
3: number four at the box office uh-huh. is a film that people thought was going to do huge, Ooh, huge money. It opens to 27 mil on Christmas. Okay, That they release this movie on Christmas is absolutely fucking bonkers. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Fincher film, an incredibly excellent movie in my opinion.
2: Uh, I think a solid movie for me, but I haven't seen it since its release. Mm-hmm.
3: It, it stands up. Another Daniel Craig joint. Yeah. It's uh, a big year. For him. Looks good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of forgotten, though, I would say. Yeah. Made 100 mil, but uh, forgotten.
2: Yeah. Um, so that's the box office game.
3: Uh, yeah. We got We Bought a Zoo.
2: Oh. Oh.
3: Uh, <laughs> fond memories. New Year's Eve.
2: Oh. The Darkest Hour. Oh. oh. <laughs> What was that again? I think that was Some disaster Kids movie, in right? Russia and Aliens Attack or something. Cool.
3: The Descendants? Yeah. With the uh, clowns.
2: Yeah. Oh, movie people still talk about a lot.
3: It won an Oscar for Best Writing.
2: Yes, and we all quote the lines from that <laughs> screenplay that we love. Remember when his wife dies? They teach it in film schools.
4: <laughs> this is largely the most forgat- the most forgettable box office so it's far. A fairly- it's There's a like weird, one or two yeah. memorable you know? ones, and it's like mostly disposable. It's yeah. a weird time
3: weird. where, yeah. It's before studios are just like, you know what? We just we just fucking make superhero movies. That's We're not it. making any money. We don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. What, was The Muppets that the year? The Muppets is number 11. Okay. Hugo is number 12. You don't like Hugo, by the way? That's pretty rude. Mm. Ah, you should watch Hugo again. Mm. Uh, young Adult. Uh, uh, underrated. Which is an underrated little
2: picture. Certainly the best Reitman movie.
3: Uh, hmm. I like Juno much Certainly better. Certainly the best Reitman Arthur movie. Arthur Christmas.
2: Oh, Arthur Christmas.
3: Uh... The Sitter. That's uh, a weird one. That's a weird one. <laughs> Dawn 2. What the hell is that? That must be.
2: Yeah, that's. I think that's a Bollywood movie. A Bollywood
3: movie. movie. It is, yes.
2: Um, in summation, I think Tintin's fun. He's a cool guy. I like his sweaters. I'm probably going to be Tintin for Halloween next year. <laughs> sure, be Tintin. Uh, what, I love Tintin. And watch it, I think this is good. But I'll say this like, watching this movie, you know, last week we uh, talked about Crystal Skull, both last week in terms of release and last week in terms of when we recorded. Yep. And. Uh, you know, I, I thought I was going to be the one defending the movie. And it ended up that uh, you and Richard, especially Richard, David Ehrlich, mm. uh, both defend that movie even more than I do. Which movie? Uh, oh, Chris Skull. Skull. Yes,
3: of course. Yeah. Right.
2: A movie that I think is interesting. Right. I, I, doesn't think, totally I
3: think it's work. pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's good. I like and Christmas I think
2: cool. you look at the Spielberg Dreamworks years, and a lot of times he gets into trouble when he tries to make a quote unquote classic Spielberg picture because he's sort of evolved and grown in this stage of his career where he's into, rather than using these primary colors, good versus evil, black versus white kind of <sighs> battles, he's grayer as these murky morality movies, human morality. Human. Um, and I think Tintin's an outlier because the new toolbox he is given through this technology allows him to not just be replicating his old tricks, but try all new tricks. It is a tricks movie. It's a funhouse movie. It's a fucking rollercoaster movie. But I think it's like some of the best action filmmaking in the last 10 years. And I also, I just, I like, I like Tenten. I like these characters. Yeah. I like the movie so simple, straightforward,
4: sincere, and exciting. Go to your local library and check out some of the books. Uh, Tintin, yeah, uh, 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 crap with the golden claws. That's uh, a good one
3: to start with if you good. want to do that. Yeah, uh, uh, the I,
4: first hat. I adventure. like the moon ones. There are some fun the moon fucking ones
3: are great. Tintin stay,
4: space adventures. Stay away from Belgian, uh, or rather, uh, Tintin in the Congo. Yeah, not the good one to go to. Yeah, that one
3: I believe is harder to find for very good reasons. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. Written once in the 30s. Once you get to Cigars of the Pharaoh, which to means the first like proper Tintin adventure. That's <sighs> yeah. That's uh, you know, basically anything is is good, and I it love is interesting to read the them. That was Me probably too. my favorite one. Uh, yeah. It's interesting to read Tintin chronologically to watch Hergé's outlook develop, to watch yeah. Tintin change. Uh, I think the last few Tintin books are. Just absolutely incredible. Like, he, I think he researched very, as time went on. Like he, yeah, he, the first yeah, ones, he, he, he would, didn't
4: research, and then as time went on, he researched very diligently, he'd be more, more thorough. Yeah. yeah,
3: and he'd mess with his own formula, very formally adventurous, like the Fiori Emerald, which is the one where like yeah. nothing happens. You know, it's just it's all set at Marlinspike, mm-hmm. and there's no plot or villain. And like Tintin Tibet, obviously, which is sort of his like his opus. Yeah, which is a very humane and very like sad work. Yeah, I mean, He's brilliant.
2: Look, I like the Tintin yeah, more than I like this Tintin movie. I mm-hmm. think the books are still the best Tintin thing. They're incredible. Far and away, right? By, by several miles. Um, is this the perfect Tintin adaptation? No. I think it's a really good like, mashup between Spielberg style and Tintin and what that property is. I think it gave him an opportunity to flex those Indiana Jones muscles that perhaps had been a little quelled by uh, George Lucas's creative interference. Sure. Um, and uh, the new opportunities of the technology, but definitely read, read, read the fucking books. And also, hey, Steve, make a new Tintin movie. Or, or Peter. Peter. Jackson. Are you cool with Peter Jackson making one? Yeah, totally fine with that. I think he's another filmmaker who would probably be, he would be better if he worked in pure CGI right now. What I really liked about
4: this movie. Yeah, maybe. Did yeah. you guys watch the bonus features at all? No, no, I'd yeah. like to. Yeah. I, what I liked about it is that you're you know watching it, and Spielberg... Who I'd figure would be jaded at this point in his career comes off as just completely—he loves Tintin, he yeah. loves what he's doing. He's so enthusiastic about this. And meanwhile, Peter Jackson seems almost kind of blasé, like he's the guy yes. that like you're used to seeing like freak out about things. True. And he's just like, <laughs> I, saw,
3: I think something happened to Peter Jackson, man. I think something wrecked him. King like,
4: Kong, I think, because he yeah. he had so much hung on that. Right. And he really not, wanted to make that. Well, I heard it was Beauty killed the Beast, but I I don't know if that <laughs> certainly
2: was what killed him. We have to stop talking about. I think King, King Kong killed his spirits. Um, uh, Yeah, or you know what? Hey, fucking Joe Cornish, Edgar Wright, both great filmmakers who make a great Tintin movie. Edgar
3: Wright making one of these would be a goddamn delight. Yeah. That'd be great. Or Joe, Joe Cornish. Have Joe Cornish make a fucking movie. Yeah. Attack the Block's great. Talk about 2011. Oh, geez, yeah. That's an Attack the Block. Yeah. 2011. What the? Oh, my God. I'm going crazy. So, note to uh, Hollywood.
2: Let Joe mis- Cornish lying. make a movie. Yeah, note let Joe to... Garden make a movie if
4: he wants. Let Joe Garden know. make a movie. You're okay? I'll, I'll, I'll tweet. Yeah, I'm fine. I'll tweet at him if I want to. If I yeah. really want to make a movie, I'll just tweet incessantly at them until. Change they your, your Twitter <laughs> username to future Tintin director. <laughs> <laughs> How was it to
2: be on Blank Check, Joe? Yeah.
4: It was great. Yeah. From a fan, well, I have a, a. Can I ask just like before we wrap up? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to ask a couple questions just to, from the fan's perspective. Sure. Uh, David, Yeah. you are. You've made reference to your time in Great Britain. Yeah, I yeah. grew up you, in Britain. So you are an American, but you, are you a British citizen or an American citizen? I'm both, baby. Really? Yes. Is oh. your mother British, father British? Father British, British mother father. American. Okay, yep. and then yep. you- Got both passports. So, Just renewed them, too. So how the hell do you not have an accent? Had
3: an accent. These are questions that are often asked to me when okay, people meet good. me. Okay, good. Had an accent, uh, a little bit of an accent when I, when I lived in Britain. Had sort of a, I call it a, I, I always say that I sounded like Madonna. You know, I sort of sounded like- an American, kind of maybe putting on a bit of a British the Mark accent, yes. yeah. Uh, but it, the the old joke was: everyone in Britain thought I was American, everyone in America thought I was British. But when I moved back here, I'd lived in America the first nine years of my life. It just it, well, within a couple months, it was gone. Hmm. Like I just sort of Crazy. reverted. Uh, if I go there, it comes back. You know, it's it's my environment. I react to it. It's good to know. And it's not just my accent, but if I go to Britain, like all these idioms, these sort of ways of speaking, like just. The whole rhythm of the language is different there, and in ways that I'm not picking up on. But,
4: like, if my girlfriend comes to me, she's like, "You're, you know, you're <laughs> talking different. Like, you know, it's weird." I say if I go to, I didn't live uh, in Springfield, Illinois, but it's like, and it's Springfield, Illinois is not the south, but I spent a lot no, of time but there. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I find that when I go back there or to the south, I start saying "y'all" mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. without even being aware. Of it. It's
3: this. It's these things. It's it's, yeah. it's exactly that kind of stuff. You dr- in England, you drop articles. You say I'm going to hospital or whatever you know it's like you, you, there's all kinds of shit like that that i mean obviously you know the obvious things but like yeah. there's all these less obvious things that are also just baked into the language it's very funny funny how we all talk
4: so you'd be a cinema critic in great Britain. no they, they i guess they i don't know what they call them they man. call them tintins in england yeah they call <laughs> and then a uh, question for the haas really fast oh wow hey what's up have you seen the mighty mighty boss Tones? live yeah no okay <laughs> I've seen a bunch of ska. That's a good question. So that's a great question. I just uh I don't know why. I just seemed like for some reason what what is the best ska band you saw? Catch twenty-two.
0: Oh.
4: Is um, that like is that third wave or is that like post-third wave? I think that's third wave. Okay. Because so, they
1: were they were pretty popular like late nineties into early aughts.
2: Uh merchandise spotlight here. Uh Joe Garden has graciously made a series of Ben Hosley uh, pins. Do you know how many there are in total?
4: Uh, I think there were 19, and I missed some nicknames. Uh, I doubled up on one.
2: I will post a picture, but he has made a pin. All have the same image of Ben Hosley's smiling face wearing a Yankees cap, um, but each one has a different. Do you have a bag yourself, Ben?
1: Yeah, I'm looking at them now. Oh, oh man. I'm him. hearing the
2: jostling. Uh, each one has a different nickname on them. They're all in green, except, of course, for the one in red, which has the Ghostbusters no ghost logo over. Ben Hosley's face and says, Professor Crisp.
3: These are quite incredible. And it was one of those things where you handed it, uh, Joe handed them to me, and I was like, oh, cool. Like thinking that they were all just pins with Ben's face on them. Nope. Didn't get the customization, the uh, second
4: layer of customization that had happened.
2: I mean, you have the Haas, you have Mr. Positive, and you have
4: Mr. Hositive.
2: These are thorough. I did not
4: want to, uh, no stone unturned. I did miss our finest film critic, though. Oh, wow. I apologize yeah. for that.
3: Mm. So Maybe you should just go back and do them again. Uh, I'll just go back and do them
2: again. That's m- less of a nickname and more of, I guess, an official job title. So it, that <laughs> that's fine. Um, but uh, yes, I mean, we're recording this episode in January. So by the time this episode comes out in May, I assume these will be available to purchase at all Spencer's Gifts. M- mass production. I'm going to yes. go, uh,
4: my my girlfriend and I are going to be uh, mass producing these. Just turn them out, left, right. Oh, by the way, she uh, my girlfriend Hannah, she uh, sends a special message. She wants me to stop bullying you guys on Twitter. Oh, So,
3: yeah, I'm cool with you bullying us. So yeah. better than John Braylock, <laughs> who's the chief bully of me on the internet.
2: Uh, you've earned the right, Joe. You were a great guest. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks. Uh, nice to talk with another a fellow tinhead. <laughs> uh, and thanks for the buttons, they're amazing. Oh, they're so great, Joe. Thank you so much.
4: Oh, I was happy to make them. It made me very happy as soon as I saw the layout. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh,
3: it, there's something about Ben's
1: face. It's the best. It's, it's
4: one it's, of the all-time
3: great faces. I want like a Andy Warhol like prints of his <laughs> face. God, it's something about the just with the, with the mouth open. The kind of yeah. like
2: yeah. yeah so yeah, go yeah. to your local Journeys, your local <laughs> Spencer's Gifts, your Hot Topic. Ben buttons are available in a twenty pack. Yeah. At all fine uh, retailers, uh, Joe, just make sure you produce enough. Uh, I'm, uh, I will make sure. I, yeah. Like I said, churning them out. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, all that good business, blankies, uh, Reddit, subreddit, uh, and and as always, uh, Denzel Washington make a good professor of calculus. Yeah? yeah, be good, be good, be good. He's so good. He's a good actor. you feel like you have a good Haddock impression?
3: Uh, not really. I don't want to set you up. Please, don't make me. What do you it's want to do? It's more about
2: I'm going to say the line, but then there's a Haddock response, uh-huh. which is good. But maybe I'll try to do both.
3: <laughs> what is the
2: line? I can't, because this is not a, a. I mean, this is not. Red Rackham. Red Rackham. It's un- unquenchable, Tintin. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the last line of the movie. Yeah. That's why I'm saying. It would feel weird if I say the second to last line and the last line is. Yeah, eh, you do both of them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a limbered up here. Okay, ready? Yep. Everyone's ready? We're ready. There's a clue to another treasure. How's your thirst for adventure? Fuck, I fucked it up. (laughs) Were you going to do thirst for podcasts? Yeah, of course. Okay. Okay, let's try it again. (laughs) You're too into Tintin. I'm too into Tintin. I've been wanting to play Tintin my entire life. Okay, ready? (laughs) Yeah, you would have been. Would have been. Could be. Okay. In Tutu? (laughs) 10-10-2-2? you are happy with that. 10-2-2-10. 2,
3: 2 10. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
1: This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.